1: Liftoff.
2: We have a liftoff. 32
3: minutes past
2: the hour. Tower
4: cleared. we got a roll program. And as Apollo 11 does its roll program, this podcast now does its roll program. The tape is rolling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. Thank you for taking time from your life to be here. Today on the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast, I'm going to replay an interview that I just did with Alan Steinfeld from New Realities. Uh, The podcast was a live interview broadcast that was done, and the title that Alan gave it was, They not, May Not Be Aliens. This um, created quite a number of people that came to me, four people, within a couple of days, and said, I saw you on this podcast, and made comments about um, what was discussed. I've never had that happen before. I've really never had anybody come and say, well, I saw you on this podcast, maybe one per podcast or whatever. Within a couple of days, I had four, so um, I figured I would play this interview because people seem to have gotten something out of it. Again, it was called They May Not Be Aliens, and it was based on um, a, an idea that I've sort of moved along, and a lot of people have sort of evolved. The interview took place, Alan moderated the the panel. There was a panel of researchers and experiencers, and I was the main person that was um answering questions, and the idea is the concept that the intelligence behind the phenomena may not be fully e t or may not be e t at all this um is a transition that a lot of people have been have made Jacques valet was always on this sort of on this position that he he said I would always be very surprised if this turned out to be extraterrestrials. Um, just simply tra- extraterrestrials, that it may be much more complex than that. And the more I've gone along, the more I've agreed with that position, that the more you look at it, the more it um, seems to lose the extraterrestrial thing. I started as an ET proponent in 1975. It was it was quite obvious that when you describe the phenomenon, it does appear to be ET. So when I saw the first night the thing flew in front of the car, second night it came directly at us. And I remember it was f- as the object was flying away, I said to myself, it may be an ET from another planet. I was just uh, totally struck by what I was watching this thing flying away. And then I, as it was flying away, I thought, but what's it doing? It wasn't doing anything. It was very bizarre and, and UFO sightings. If you talk to people, they're never really doing anything. They just sort of appear for a couple of seconds and they disappear. Um, so that always sort of bothered me um, when people start to work on the theory and instead of describing it trying to explain what's going on the theory starts to uh, show holes that are not well explained like let me give you one example and on this podcast i give a number of examples but let me give you one in the 1890s people described uh, wooden ships flying around the united states and there was a lot of sightings it was thousands and thousands of sightings and what they were describing was wooden ships with giant propellers on them And giant lights that were shining down. And at that point, we really didn't have any flight stuff except for sort of balloons. And the way that it would work is that the lights, the the intensity of the lights, you would need these huge batteries. And um, these were just simple wooden structures that would not be able to... um, stay aloft and hold these huge batteries that would be required. So it, when you start looking at it, it looks kind of bizarre. But the main thing about it is that when the people were talked to who were on these ships, they had stated that they were from Mars. So when you look at that, you say, OK, fine, good. But when you really start to try to explain it, you say, are we to believe that these wooden ships were propellers actually came through the vacuum of space all the way from Mars? Now, now we don't believe anymore they're from Mars. And so that leads to the question is, um, at that point, they're pretending they're from Mars or they're saying they're from Mars. And when you look at it, you start to realize that may not be true what these people are saying. And there's a lot of examples in this um, podcast that we are or in this YouTube video that um, we talk about with Ellen. With so the more I've gone along in my research, the more I've come to believe that we are building a world view with a bunch of wrong blocks. We assume the blocks of our knowledge are 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 right, but we come to realize that they must be replaced because a lot of, a lot of the blocks that we have are wrong. The prime example, and there are a lot of these things, but the the prime example is in 1492. We had a block that said the world is flat. We've now replaced that block and and said the world is not flat. So there are a number of uh, false assumptions that we're making about how things work. I've come to conclude that the phenomena is less ET than I thought. There may still be some sort of ET component to it. But the more I look at it, the more I say it is going to be 1,000 times more complex than people think. It, it, it's very easy to go to the simple thing that these are ETs from other planets. But the more you look at it, the more you realize not only do we not understand what's going on, but we don't have a clue what's going on. That it just gets more and more complex as we go along. Um, if we did understand the UFO mystery, we would have answers for the anomalies that are pushed in our face every day by the phenomena. We don't. Examples would be having a, an object like the tic-tac fall a fall from tens of thousands of feet down to sea level in seven eighths of a second. If we had all the right blocks, we would be able to understand that it wouldn't be a mystery. It's a mystery because there are things we don't understand. The same thing would apply to reports of people who constantly claim that they're taken out of their bedroom through the wall. Now, Alan, you'll hear in in, in this um. Interview that we're we're talking about Alan's upcoming book, which is be brought in brought out in the first week of May, called uh, Making Contact. And I put an essay in his book. Linda Moulton Howe did, Whitley Strieber did, Daryl Anka, who's known as Bashar, did, Mary Rodwell, Nick Pope, J.J. and and Desiree Hurtak, Caroline Corey, and the late John Mack. Uh, There's an article that he was never published that is in there. It's published by Saint Martin's Press and um this book is coming out and so we do talk about this alan had me as one of the guests he's doing a series of interviews with the people that were in this book so enjoy this interview it seems to have been uh, received by a number of people that i knew uh, as important and um, valuable to watch so enjoy this interview this is with alan uh, steinfeld and his youtube channel is uh, new realities
5: sa so, super son
2: i'm alan steinfeld welcome to new realities i have a great cast of people here today we're going to start off though with some questions to grant cameron who is actually i'm going to promote this book that i just came out with it's coming out it's called let me just go back here making contact grant has an essay in there called the theory of wow and um do you want to just explain why you called your your essay a theory of wow?
4: Um, I call it the theory of wow, because the more I look at the phenomena, the more it looks like whatever we're dealing with just wants you to go, wow. It's like uh, if you saw the interview uh, with Bob Bigelow and mm. George Knapp, if you've seen that interview, yes, mm. uh, Bob Bigelow, sum up Skinwalker Ranch. You had this ranch for a number of years, S- sum it all up. And he said, it's all about messaging. And that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like you, you start to wonder uh, what's really going on, except that they are putting out messages. The second night I had a UFO sighting in 1975, um, I remember watching the thing fly away. And I said to myself, so what's it doing? It wasn't doing anything. So now when I ask people about UFO sightings, the first question I ask them is I say, so what was it doing? And they usually say the same thing. It wasn't doing anything. It was just there. And this is the whole idea. Why do UFOs have lights on them? Why do they take the blood out of the cow? Why do they leave crop circles? Why do they drop up ports? Why do they drop pieces of metal that make us go like, what is going on here with weird isotopes? It's the question is, are, are they actually coming across the universe to mutilate cows, to uh, mess around with, uh, have little pieces fall off the flying saucer, to put lights on crafts? Or is this all to wake us up, to get us to realize something is going on. It's not quite the world you really think it is. and. And so the more I look at it, the more it, it sort of appears to me like it's not what I thought it was in 1975. And I think so, a lot of people went down that road.
2: So I wrote this book, which is a compilation of what everyone thinks it is, like UFOs on some level. So let's get into why this might not be UFO and it might not be aliens. I think you have a really good. Uh, understanding of the next level. You know, like Terrence McKenna said, they, they might be disguising themselves as aliens as to not to alarm us because whatever else is happening is much bigger. So what's your whole thesis about they may not be aliens, Grant?
4: Well, it started, I knew already, I remember I was talking to Linda Howe about uh, this switch from 1959 to 1961 in that period. In mm-hmm. 1890 and uh, the crash in, in Texas, they were, they were Martians. They actually said, we're from Mars. These uh, wooden ships with the propellers. And they, they were talking to people and they said, we're from Mars. And then, so that went all the way into the fifties. They said, like the Canadians were told, uh, AFA was the Canadian alien was from Uranus. And I remember the, the metallurgist guy said, at no, at no point did we ever believe this thing was from Uranus. Don't, we're not stupid. And, and mm-hmm. so as soon as we got past that, where we realized there may not be plant, may not be life on Mars and Venus. Then suddenly it was from Zeta Reticuli and the Pleiades and Andromeda. And then in the last couple of years, suddenly we're into the multi-dimensional universe. The uh, the whole idea about you know it may be a uh, just a sort of a computer game and stuff. And now it's like we're from the fifth fifth uh, dimension, we're from the twelfth dimension and this sort of stuff. So when I ask people, when I start, and I, I do a lot with experiencers who have been on board the ship. And a lot of people say, did it hurt? Did they probe you? Were you scared? All this kind of stuff. I always say, hey, let me ask you a question. Do you have any clothes on? And they go, no, didn't have any clothes on. That didn't seem strange to you? Did it have any sex organs? They're raping the women. Did it have any sex organs? No, it didn't have any sex organs. Did it get any older? No, but aliens get a long time. And they would and all this Did it have a mouth? Well, no, not really. It had a slit. Didn't have a mouth. Did it have a nose? No, it had these tools. Didn't have Did, did it have ears? didn't have any ears and he, and then you start and i i actually ask people did you actually ask if it was an alien sherry wilde is the most famous one where she goes to the she goes to the publisher to publish the book the forgotten promise and the publisher says hey sherry something's wrong here this this gray that you're dealing with he says he's from andromeda he can't be he's got to be from zeta reticuli because zetas are from zeta reticuli so she and and she says really so she goes back to Da, who is the being, says, "So what's going on? You said you're from uh, Andromeda, uh, and you're from uh, where are you from? Are you an alien?" And he said, "No, that would not really describe who I actually am. I am an etheric being on a on a on a, a, a search. No, on a on a what do you call it? On a, a mission for the Creator through the universe. And then mm-hmm. if you take a look at if you've ever seen this story, Yossi Ronin." An experimenter. He lives in Israel now. Uh, his experience, where the beings come in, and they're green. They're like alien. They're like greys, but they're green. And they tell him, "No, we 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 don't have. We're we're not really. We don't. Have, we just take on whatever body we want." And same as Sherry Wilde. she said, "Why do you come as this uh, this uh, scary looking grey thing?" He said, "Well, because it's uh, it's easy. It's functional body." To make a human body is a lot harder than a gray body. So we use the gray body. And she said, well, you're scaring the living daylights out of me. You should come up something different. And he said, you scared? I mean, do you ever look in the mirror? You see that you've got those big teeth every time you, you look at us. And you get these kind of conversations when people ask Whitley Strieber. If you look at Whitley Strieber, he said, I've asked them repeatedly over the years. They have never, ever told me where they're from, except to say they're from here. Or Mark Sims, who was on with uh, Zenka. Nice. Mark Sims has this being that comes to him, and he says, "I'm from four thousand years ago, from South America," and 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 yet he has he has no ears, no nose, no mouth. Uh, you can see through him. Uh, he has no eyeballs. He looks like a gray, except he's like blue with sparkles and stuff like that. And and again, he, the, the question is, where are you from? I'm from here. And you start getting these things where the beings are sort of goofing around. They're, they're not really answering the question. You wouldn't understand where we're from and, and this sort of thing. So that's the whole thing. And the more I look at it, the more it looks really weird. And it's, it's it's the idea of take a closer look. What are we really dealing with? If something's weird about the alien, like you can see through it or something like that, it looks like a hologram. Then you got to say, like, what are we really looking at? Is it really a flesh and blood alien? Because if it was a flesh and blood alien, it'll get older, it'll have sex organs, it'll have belly button, it'll have nipples. None of these aliens seem to describe that kind of stuff.
2: But you know, Grant, we're just getting used to the idea that it's aliens, you know, with the government coming out and now you're one step ahead of that saying, well, it may not, so what is it? There is something going on for sure. It's not just, you know. Well, well I, I
4: would say, I think uh, uh, Valet would say what it is, is it's, it's the ability of etheric beings. All, all I, it's like Shakespeare. All the world's a stage. All the men and women and aliens are about actors. We have our, mm-hmm. They have their entrances and Nexus and each man plays many roles. We are not the actor on the stage. We are mm-hmm. playing an actor on a stage. So they can come into the physical world. They can become physical. They are absolutely physical when they're here. And then, as Yossi Ronin said, what happened when it was all over? The these green beings all gra- grabbed hands, and they started making the circle. And they went round and around. And all of a sudden, they became translucent. And then they became into this ball of light. And it got smaller, 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 and it disappeared. So, is it a flesh and blood alien, or is it a ball of light? And I would say it's an etheric being that could come into the physical world and become physical and go back into that world. I even sent you the, the overnight. I sent you this AI guy, expert on AI intelligence. We had the DMT experience yesterday and he says, I I had it and I lived a thousands of lives, every single moment of thousands of lives in five minutes. He said, the one I had before that, I was in a full blown abduction experience, classic abduction experience in five minutes on DMT. So then you start wondering like, what's going on here? And 25% of all people with the DMT Strassman discovered had Mm -hmm. the abduction experience. And they see aliens. So what is really, what are they really doing? Are there actually these aliens out there? Or as D- Deepak Chopra says, everything is a, everything is an action inside consciousness. It's all consciousness. And they can manipulate consciousness to be whatever they want.
2: But, but I did get a mark on my leg when I think I was abducted. There, there are hybrid children that people have seen. There, there, there's a physicality to it. And I'll let other people jump in too. But yeah, what, what about that, France?
4: Well, I mean, people will describe. I, I, I had a conversation with the beings. There was these beings from Great Britain that wanted me to interview them, and they yeah. made a prediction that actually came true. I mean, it was like kind of weird. And and that woman has would wake up with wounds on, or bruises on her body. And mm. this is the thing: you can go into the the etheric world. And it, it, you can create uh, stuff like we know through hypnosis, you can make somebody have a, a, something appear on their body, like pretend they're Mm -hmm. getting burned by a cigarette and that will happen. That's the thing. It's this power of, of the mind to create these kind of things. And the thing is, is like the the DMT experience with the, with the, is the guy actually on, on the table being abducted? Mm -hmm or is in another world, is there actually a physical world? That would would become down
2: well, to that's so other conversation. Would say that,
4: this, yeah. this idea. And that's what that's what uh, Niels Bohr said, who won the Nobel Prize for physics. If you look at what he said, he said, I speak as a man of science who spent my, my entire year, my entire life at this. There is no physical world. That's what he said. The guy wow. who won the Nobel Prize for atoms. And yeah. and it's, so it's this uh, sort of thing yeah. that it, it is in our world. We, we see it as a physical world. But in in terms of the reality, it's much more, it's a thousand times more complex. We're we're making it too simple and saying there's aliens out there, we're aliens, or we're humans, they're aliens. And we're sort of, I I think it's way more complicated than that.
2: Well, well, Zinka, does this fit in with some of what you've been finding? And then I'll get to Steve and Andrew. But what do you think, Zinka?
6: Yeah, you know, I think we have to really question, like Grant is saying, the nature of consciousness and the nature of our reality. You know, the old sages from from old times said, we're living in a dream, we're living in a maja. So when you look at movies like Avatar, which talk about two different worlds, you know what I mean? We're not, we can't be sure that this isn't the dream part and when we exactly. sleep is the waking part, right? So there's, you know, there's, there's things, and I think Grant is trying to explain that, that there's a lot that we haven't unpacked. And we are about to go from, you know unity consciousness which everybody's all talking about in the internet right which is that we are one right we're all part of the same we're indistinguishable with each, each other we're all connected to each other because we're all being created in, and in one breath right in one instance but then when you start to look at galactic consciousness right which is mm. the next layer then you start bringing in all of these other this other these other narratives right which we're creating in real time, all of us, right, right. and which may exist in historically. but you have to be careful not to get lost in the story in the details because in whatever story like, we we're, we're talking making about up. last night it's like we can recreate the soap opera between the countries and the this and the that into the galactic narrative. So this race is mad at this race, all of that doesn't matter it's all about understanding unconditional love. And what I've been interested in is getting out of my meat sack, right? So what does it mean when you leave? What does it mean to get in this other world, this other dimension or this other thing that's right here that many of you guys have experienced? How does that work? Like what condition does your body have to be in? What condition do your chakras have to, what is the condition does your mind have to? And that's really like, I feel like it's almost a key. So. Whether this is the this is the big question, though, right now, which is, is there something outside of our consciousness that's interacting with us? Is there someone on like where is base reality and who's interacting with us? Right. And we can call them aliens. It could be spirits. It could be it could be ascended masters. It could be. I don't know. You know what I mean? We could be aliens. Well,
2: we're going to find out. I just want to introduce Roderick Martin. He runs the clubhouse. um club called extraterrestrial evidence he is a mufon researcher and i don't know if you're ready for this roderick but they may not be aliens so
7: <laughs> we, we'll get to that okay all right did i miss something <laughs>
2: oh my no, god No, i think you did we all missed something according to grant but david were you going to
1: say something or steve um uh-huh. steve go I, ahead uh, go, oh I, steve and then, I david, would, and uh, then. so so i'll I, just to say um I'm not an OTO guy, I'm more of a thelemite. Okay, I have to go to you are. But but that brings me this brings me to something I just read. I just was reading an account account of a meeting in like I think it was '73 with Robert Anton Wilson, Jacques Valet, and Grady McMurtry, who was the head of the OTO. And
6: right. they
1: were talking about ultra you ultra ultra celestial intelligences, yeah, whatever. Right. And right. uh Vallée pops in and says, Jacques Valet said at this point. Uh, the outstanding quality of UFO UFO contactees was incoherence. So right. I just want to say now that I think that uh, one of the things that people haven't... Has anybody looked into surrealism as a prompter of the UFO phenomena in the yeah. 20th century? Well, I think art uh, is, because, and I, I, um, but,
2: but let's not go
1: there no, yet. No, no, let's no, just, no, no I'm that, not talking about yeah. art, I'm talking about... I'm talking about the surrealist manifesto of the dissemblance right. of senses, the complete uh, reassemb- dissembling of senses, I think Artaud said, which right. is incoherence, which is destroying the rational thought, destroy all rational thought. And this is an hmm. emergent property of consciousness. Like where was our last consciousness and where are we right. heading now? I think okay. we're learning to be incoherent.
2: And I will talk. ahead No, no. Let's just let me just get to David. Uh, David, had a question. Hi, Henrietta. Thanks for joining us. Uh, David, you had a comment or from about what Grant was saying.
3: Yeah, I think that I mean it's. um, I'm excited for where Grant's going with with this. I mean, he obviously with the you know the downloads of music and creativity, and the way that you're you're now branching into like a wider, wider concept of this this the The phenomena as a phenomena that, that interacts with us and kind of opens that, that freedom up. I was going to ask if you looked into, you were talking about the kind of time periods um, at, in the development, have you looked into the Mead Lane stuff? Um, Mead Lane and borderland research with the Ethereans. Um, Do you the, know that Grant?
4: Well, that was the original idea. Like we, we sort of rewrite history. Like that's right. what happened with the, the whole deal about Eisenhower meeting at Edwards Air Force Base, where they said, oh, he was dealing with Grays. Well, no, that Mean Lane uh, letter said he was dealing with Ethereans. Mm-hmm. And then we rework re- re- it, and we turn them into Greys. Grays right. didn't appear until 1961, as far as I know, and right. Reptilians didn't appear until 1988. And I mm-hmm. always saw this, time, this sort of a period where they seem to be flipping, almost like they're turning the pages of a book, and it doesn't make any sense. Because I've been around so long in the field that I know – that it wasn't always this way i mean there was no reptilian right. talk back in the 70s there was no mm-hmm. light language there was a lot of stuff that's 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 changed i i just want to s- throw one more thing in here
7: yeah. uh
4: because people may not know jim semivan who was the co-director of to the stars has just made this or uh ryan bletsoe just made this thing because somebody brought up the extraterrestrial thing and that's what he said he was he had the beings in his room in the 1990s really weird looking beings in his room And he went to the CIA, he was head of covert ops for the CIA. And he's the one that's now come public and said, I'm trying to get it confirmed where he said, we are dealing with ultra terrestrials, which means from here, uh, Mm -hmm. the sort of the um, uh, keel idea and Mm -hmm. that they are, they are dealing with, they are sending us messages through symbols. And, and so here's a guy who's a very high level CIA guy who actually spells it out and said we are dealing with ultra-terrestrials? And I know um, that the Pandolfi, Dan Smith crowd always use that word. Uh, you hear, it, you hear it around. So that's something. But yeah, the the uh, people seem to rewrite history. That's what I find is that
2: uh, you know- all the time. Right. Uh, uh, let me just ask uh, Andrew. You had a question or comment there about um, unmute Andrew. Unmuted.
0: This- Can you hear me now?
2: Yeah. 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 Okay. Yes.
0: Um- can I share my screen? Is that possible?
2: What are you sharing? Sure. I, mean, I just want
0: to share my implant.
2: You want to share your implant to show that to show Grant that it's real. Let me just make you a co- make you a co-host. Let me just say um allow screen. I, I think this should do it.
0: Okay. Oh, she's
2: okay. What? Can you share? Can you share it now?
1: Yeah.
0: How do I do it?
2: Uh, You just go down to share screen, the green button on the bottom. Sure. You see that? And so you're, but the I mean, we 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 okay, that's your implant. So
0: sorry, you're you're going in, Alan.
4: You're breaking up, Alan.
0: Yeah. What is?
2: Oh, what are you trying to show us by? What are you showing us here?
0: I'm showing you something that happened to me about 10 years okay. ago. And
2: what are I'm, you trying to tell us about that by showing us that? What does that mean?
0: It means that either I was implanted by mm-hmm. aliens or mm-hmm. by the government. Nobody mm-hmm. is really sure. I'm just going within people's intuition. Maybe somebody has something to say about it.
4: it. Well, well. Is this a scar or is All this right. the implant?
0: Uh, that is the scar after brain surgery. OK. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, Grant, yeah. can, can you stop sharing the screen? Yep. Okay, okay. thanks.
4: Well, I was oh. just listening to Whitley's interview today and he talked about, he's absolutely convinced the government put the implant in him. Some guy that was right, an expert right. on EVPs and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know if the government has that kind of technology but um, Whitley seemed pretty convinced it was not aliens put the implant in him.
2: So, but let's ask the bigger question. Okay, Grant, things are changing. Things are evolving. We really don't know who we are as human beings, right? Sure. I mean, and so maybe this threshold we're at now with the government coming forward, they're always one step behind As just say, okay, there's, there's something new. There's a new paradigm. So yeah, it's not reptilians. It's not aliens. It's, it's, it's about who we are somehow. We have to wake up. To this next level, and this is what we're talking about. Henrietta, to just jump in and tell tell people, you know, we've talked about this because when you had your realization that, like, you were contacted with ET, something else opened up in your mind, right?
5: Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> hi Grant, and sorry for being yes. late. Um, nice but uh, and I'd love to hear what uh, you know, just hi. a quick. Yeah. Hi Andrew. Hi everyone. I'd love to hear just a quick. Thing of yeah. what, what I've missed, but um, as, I, as I was coming over here, I was thinking about this inner outer space thing, you know, about what, where are they, what, what, what is it, who are we, what, what's the relationship, like what, what is that? But so much more this kind of inner space thing that seems to be, is a possibility for me
2: right and and the inner space but what about the implant thing i mean that andrew a lot of people have grant i mean there's a physicality that's not just you can imagine a wound on your body but it's hard to imagine like a metal object inside your body something
5: yeah and also the ufo the actual experience of seeing that which is so real you know in terms of sort of seeing a real object there's that yeah like it's just yeah but um Alan,
1: is anybody familiar with this Tesla fororesesis stuff that's going on? the Tesla? No, coils?
2: But, well, what let let him answer this, too? Steve. Steve, let Grant like get that question. We'll jump into that. Go ahead, Grant.
4: well, there there is a physical component, yeah, but I mean, yeah. again, it even comes down to are we actually human beings? Or are we on a stage pretending we're human beings that we're playing? We're etheric beings and we come in. Is there actually a physical world? That's what quantum physics goes. There is no time. There is no space. There is no physical world. And it may all be consciousness. And yes, there is a physical event in terms of our thing. But I would look at it more like in interdimensional when talk about this inner outer thing uh wheeler from princeton said there's no out there out there if that's true then the outer body experience is within yourself when you die you go within yourself there is no out there it's all in your head it's all everything that you see is inside you it's all consciousness and that's where we start you start the more you look at it the weirder it gets in terms of We're just misinterpreting things. We're in terms of we're we're in the old physical world where uh, there's physical worlds and there's worlds out there and there's time and there's space and stuff like that. And the more we look in in science, the more it's moving away from that to this idea that it may all be one thing, one thing only, and it's just one point of space. There's only one electron. There's there's no out there. It's just all here and it's all dimensional. So that there is these beings. There is this stuff. But is it mm-hmm. out there or is it in within ourselves?
2: Right, Steve said the container or the container. But uh, David, you—they were saying this in 1957. Uh, maybe talk about that book you came across because they were saying this for a while. What, what was the book?
3: Yeah, uh, it was actually Flying Saucer Pilgrimage by. Uh, you know that book. Are you familiar with that one, Grant?
4: No, I'm not.
3: That's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a couple that, and that's why I asked you about Mead Lane. They'd actually went, there's a great chapter in there where they they go and uh, visit Mead Lane, but it's Bryant and Helen Reeve. And um, what was really interesting to me was that uh, I'd actually just got a copy of this book again. Um, it's from 57. It was republished by Ray Palmer, right? So the, the Kenneth Arnold flying saucer. Um, Shaver mystery stuff. So Ray Palmer republish, republished his book in 65. And I got a copy of it because I'm really interested right now in exactly the kind of stuff you're talking about. But going back right to the very beginning of yeah. the the whole deal and seeing like what exactly was being said, because so much of it has been rewritten in the cultural history and you know, a lot of stuff is said about it, but nobody actually reads the like articles that came out in the fifties yeah. or, you know, whatever. So, so I'm, get, I'm reading in this book and I flip it open. And ironically, you know, this is just the earlier this week, which is why uh, I had posted it and tagged uh, Alan with it. Yeah. Um, you know, it was about consciousness and yeah. it actually in had '57. Yeah. in 57. It had this whole, like, like the whole chapter is exactly what you're saying. And I was like, wow, you know, I knew about the Mead Lane stuff and I knew that that was kind of dancing around in that. But I mean, they were directly like, no, everything is consciousness. Um, What we're experiencing, you know, and these were messages that they were receiving because this uh, Helen and Bryant had actually gone like on a cross country journey, meeting with Van Tassel and Adamski and uh, Daniel Fry and a lot of these folks, Um, but then also just talking to experiencers that they ran across. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, in the midst of this, they sort of did what Zinka is doing, which is kind of another interesting sort of synchronicity in finding this, encountering this book recently again, um, was codifying what everybody's saying, and then trying to get an idea like, okay, if we have all these parts, you know, what do the parts kind of paint? Um, Mm. And so it was interesting that they they said some, you know, so directly that consciousness was kind of the key. Um, Mm. You know, they said the... um, The background concept of this entire explanation of outer space is in the proposition that life is primarily a manifestation of consciousness or Mm -hmm. if one prefers it life is consciousness now there's life as a whole and there's individual life life as a whole is the sum total of all consciousness the summation of consciousness takes in all life all existence and all reality on the other hand individual consciousness takes in only the particular portion of total life Existence in reality, which the individual is aware of at any given period of his evolution. Mm-hmm. So, nineteen um,
2: fifty-seven—that's oh, advanced.
3: Brilliant. Yeah. Really um, Alan, Alan, kind of Alan.
1: Idea. Wait a second, Dave, L- Dave, L- Dave. L- I gotta L- say L- something. I gotta go, <laughs> Dave. When you said that, it reminds me that the East and the West. This idea of the Eastern philosophy, Watts and all these people—that's what that's about. It's yeah. the Eastern and Western philosophy, and then we get into this group mind thing. I gotta say something. I'm gonna do this. What, what okay. was so okay, important okay. about the triangular UFO the other day? The pyramid shape. What was so important about it? The, oh, you were going to tell
2: us that? Yeah. What was important? Came,
1: the first thing that came to my mind wasn't that it was a, p- a pyramid. What was it besides being a pyramid? Well, what was, a, was it? Tell us. It was a tetrahedron. Okay. Right? Really important. Everybody knows what a tetrahedron means, right?
2: Well, tell it's, us what it means. The
1: triangle becoming the fourth emergent point that has freedom and space around it. It's
2: It's also a Merkabah. Out of one comes
1: two, out of two comes three, out of three comes all numbers, right? Right. And now I'm going to go so that's the fourth point of it's a degree of freedom. It's an emergent property. So when I saw that thing for the first second I said this shit's a tetrahedron. It's not a pyramid. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to ask I'm going to just say one more thing I'll be done. Okay. Everybody's familiar with the Memristor, right? The Memristor?
2: No. What is that? No.
1: Yeah, people don't get Memristors. A Memristor is-, is the new Oh. New, new electrical component. Been a theory about a memristor for the last 50 years. If you're familiar with memristors, Dave? And a memristor has potential. So the memristor is the fourth again. And now I'll leave it at that. But if you're not hip to well, You're not
2: explaining what it is, though, Steve. What is a memristor? A memristor
1: is a resistor with variable memory. It's a new okay. electric, first new electrical component in 100 years. All right.
2: All right. And, and what does have to do with what we're talking it's an, about?
1: It's, it's a new. Um, it's. I'm going to use the word emergent again. It's a new property being brought to reality. You know, and right. when I hear you guys talking like this, I kind of go, "Wow, we're in the past still." You know, what I mean, where no, no. is the next the this this es, this ex, esoteric stuff has become exoteric? That's <laughs> what it's about. And, well, and I think and what Grant is bringing up exoteric. It's... Get esoteric, people.
2: Okay, but I think what Grant is bringing up is that there's an evolution to the phenomena and to our connection with the phenomena. So I wonder, just Roderick, does this blow out the Mufon? You know, technical study. What is your, um, how do you feel about it? There may not be anything to investigate for Mufon anymore.
7: <laughs> well, I mean, with that being said, I I just kind of as I'm listening, yeah. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, you know, period. Okay, that's I, fair. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? So we I think we're all going to go with either facts or beliefs, you know? Wait.
2: Oh, wait. Uh, Zinka put memristors, a nonlinear two-terminal electrical component relating electrical charge and magnetic flux linkage. That might be the next paradigm somehow for...
1: Yes, yes, I just told you that, Stalin.
2: <laughs> I know, but I'm asking Grant, you know... We went from like, like if we trace the phenomena, like you said, Grant, uh, 61 uh, Betty and Barney Hill suddenly see grays. No one had seen grays before that. And maybe the the science fiction cults were getting popular. So now's the time, like whatever this phenomenon is could show up as grays. And like we're saying, we just recently got triangular ships in the 90s. So What do you think, if we could take a guess, where is this going, Grant, in your opinion? What is the next manifestation of, as Jung said, this unconscious mind that we're, that's trying to wake us up to the fact that we're really not, we're really not here in a way, we're really not physical. What do you think, Grant?
4: Well, I I don't know about that. I can make a comment on the triangles. I had a triangle sighting in 1976. And I never thought about it again until about six months ago when I started writing a book on triangles, because I realized all these people had triangles and you take a look at the triangle thing. It is the primary piece of the universe. Everything is made out of triangles. Even, even uh, um, circles are made out of triangles. And um, the triangle, if you look at Chris Bletsoe's aliens, they had, they had a triangle, the little alien had a triangle on his chest. Uh, the, the, Mission Rama, the um, the being inside the, the 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 Zendra had a triangle on him. People have triangles. I say, why do they put triangles? You're mentioning implants and stuff. So why do they put triangles on people's bodies? Like what because is this? They want the, to is be tetrahedrons.
1: No, but
2: what they're, is this that? This is
4: What's all symbols. This is all symbol <laughs> stuff that they're doing.
2: But the symbols are real. Like you used to see triangles when I talked to you, Henrietta, and that just right didn't that kind of
5: like show up. Yeah. When I, when I was talking to Alan about many other things, I'd see before these she triangles. got into this. Yeah. I'd see triangles above his head, which was very <laughs> strange. But anyway, it makes sense though. And it does make a lot more sense to me. To, you know. Right. So Zinka, what's your research on that?
6: Yeah. On well, the- it's interesting. I, I would say that we're, I mean, Grant always says we're in the Super Bowl. Well, what yes. does that mean? It means that we're about to totally shift reality into the galactic narrative. Why? Because we have asked for it, because we want to experience it. And you guys have been in this for 30 years, but it's a wave that grew and grew and grew and grew. And now there's enough of a tipping point, just like we Mm -hmm. study in the Maharishi effect, right? when there's enough people that want to experience a reality. It will become a reality, right? If we want to go to Mars, someone will invent the thing that gets us to Mars. You know what I mean? Or what right? Whatever it is, right? So we're experiencing a click that's going to open the floodgates to all of this experience. And one of the things we need to be careful about is that the narrative isn't spun on the news media as negative because they affect our subconscious a lot. It's like one brushstroke on the media, right? It's like millions of households. Boom and that can change the way that we experience this new narrative right so so we need to be mindful as a group um because it's going to enter the physical now it it already has and it's going to be the floodgates are going to be happening now
2: so we can can we jump start like what the next now i mean yeah just manifest but i think you know grant and a lot of us have been around in this field a long time could we guess how it's going to manifest i mean we're in
6: Control. See, that's, okay. the thing. that's, that's so, the enlightenment. No okay, one's you in realize. control. <laughs> we are in, we're, well, we're we're, in control. You can, you can let go and let it happen. No one's so in
2: control. In, well, maybe you're you not are. in control. You are. You are in but, control of well, how do we want to make it into Zinka. Then if we're in control, where are we going with it?
6: This is, this is star trek this is like all civilizations coming together to drop incredible technology like this thing you were saying to do super cool things we want to travel we want to live longer we want to go to other places like this is the mother drop of technology and abilities we want to develop telepathy we want to do all this stuff and with them it's an easy way right because they're going to show us right they're more advanced right so this is the perfect you know it's like the hero's journey everything is f and then all of a sudden something happens this is that something and it changes everything
2: right well, well can i make Grant. a comment on that yeah yeah go ahead
4: because i ahead. i think we're we're that, that i think that's kind of an american idea that we want technology we want this we want that it's like we want some more stuff and i think what the beings are doing is whoever this intelligence is, is going the other way and saying it's going to be more like eastern religion where The stuff is what's killing you. That we need, we need to realize that we are realize who you actually are. You are not the stuff, and um, we. So that's what I think the government is trying to do. Is they're they're trying to do this thing where uh, we're going to get control of this. That's why they went to Skinwalker Ranch. That's why DIA went there because they were putting bulls in trailers. They're locking these inside a trailer. They were doing all the support stuff. They were making stuff appear, portals appear, and the the intelligence said, you know, we'd love to have this stuff. I mean, this is more technology, more stuff Mm. and i think the, the more i look at it the more the beings are saying the or the intelligence is saying this is not as physical as you think it is and so that's my conclusion is with the, the end result is gonna be, it's gonna be less physical than we think it is. It's gonna be way more spiritual than people think it is, which is really yeah. gonna annoy a lot of people. And it's gonna be a thousand times more complex than people think it is. And it is going to be a hive mentality. As much as people want capitalism and all this kind of stuff, it is going to be that we are a cell in the human body. We are part of the one. That is to yeah. me is the ultimate message that you're trying to get across to us. And I see the other thing that I think you see them doing is they're doing this confrontational thing where they're appearing as different things. So one day they're a triangle next day, they're a ball inside a cube. And then, then they're like a tic-tac. And that's why I say like, when you see the the description of the tic-tac thing, they said to Fravor. So what was it doing? Oh, it was. We were up at 30,000 feet, and this thing, it was bouncing around like a ping pong ball. Well, I saw that in 1975. It was the most amazing thing. This thing's going around the sky. It's bouncing around. So what is that? Like, is that a pre-abduction maneuver? That's to get you to go, oh, my God, what's going on here? This thing's jumped. And so they were watching this thing, and then I say that they they sent the one to go and make bubbles under the water. And so the F-18s go across and say, oh, my God, there was one under the water, and there's big bubbles and stuff. And they're just trying to get our attention. They're trying to get us... And, and once you do the circus, it's like the Jesus thing. Once you do all the miracles and all the circus stuff, then they bring you the message and they're trying to get our attention because we're in this situation where we're scrambling around and we do, we all believe we're separate with you versus me, like like football teams. And mm-hmm. that's why I think the number one message to me is always going to be this oneness idea that unless the world understands that we are cells in the human body and that we have to work as one, we are toast. We are It is game over. I think that's the main message.
2: That they want to give us yes. so that's where i think it's going that's right steve did you uh, but but let me just ask uh, just uh, go ahead jump in steve because i have a question i just
1: uh, I, I hang out with a lot of electronic composers and they all need the synths and this and that and i say to them if you can't do it with a can and a string you can't do it at all all <laughs> right so that's about technology you know what i mean so people thinking that they need stuff to get something done uh, Grant, you know, when you talk that I had some chocolate before, so I'm a little keyed up. But when you talk that <laughs> way about the one body and one mind thing, it makes me think of a lot of Stapleton. And again, this, this, this star maker. And, you know, this, uh, I think about, and I think that paradigm is passed. I right. think we're in that, that paradigm has been recognized. Well, you can't argue I,
2: with I, the oneness, Steve. You were arguing yes I with this a you're arguing with I'll yourself, then.
1: With <laughs> okay. Damn straight, I'll argue. It's about I, I'll easily argue.
2: Okay, you can have that point of view, but one day you might say that you're not who you think you are. But, but, Grant, I have to say there is an out there. Out there, we are physical or appearing physical. There are, I mean, we've been programmed to think it's real, but let's just you know, it's not this or that I can't, I I don't think we could say, oh, it's not all, it's all non-physical, it's all physical, but there is something an intelligence of other beings, because then you're sort of saying all these beings are really of one mind, the grays, the reptilians they are all manifestations of maybe, but, but we're, but we're sort of individuated. Why wouldn't other species be individuated in the, in the illusionary sense I'm talking?
4: Well, because we, we, we assume that we are like the only thing. We are physical. We are just a vibration. We, we mm-hmm. are not we, – that's where we're making the mistake. We think we are actually – the like we play – I play King Henry VIII in a high school Will play now i'm king henry the eighth you are not king henry VIII. you are playing king henry the eighth and we we have so we have this this thing but and that's where you get this thing where you look at the dmt thing which i think is extremely important that's going to open this thing up is there actually a realm where there are these elf beings and people will describe them in there 50 percent of people will describe them and they will describe the abduction so yeah there are these different realms and there are these different beings we are all in this this sort of Uh, vibration thing, to me, it's all vibration there's the idea that there's that uh, we're real and they're not that's where you get the alien thing that's where we get into this racism thing like the really bad guys are the black reptilians like guess what and then the grays are the next bad guys and then the, the caucasian guys are the good guys and the highest ones are of course the great white brotherhood the ascended uh <laughs> masters and stuff and you get into this thing of under trying to understand that they're that we're the good guys and and we're putting them in different races the the grays are all like this these are we're all different in on the universe and in our world we all look different there it's uh, we are all souls wh- wherever they are all, everybody's on a stage we're all reincarnating and we may be in an agreement with them so that you may be a gray next time you may have made a deal with a gray it's all the same thing it's all souls sparks of the divine that are reincarnating that are cycling through and this idea that there's there's us and there's them is this separation idea that that really starts to get i think gets starts to get us into trouble and the more I look at it, the more I realize it's this what Deepak Chopra says, it's all an action inside co- consciousness that when you break it all down, the physical world seems to disappear.
2: Right. But that's the highest level. None of us are separate either. I mean, we don't even have to go to aliens. Look, we're all, um, you know, of, of one consciousness. But the illusion that we're playing in is separate is separateness or Distinction, and I think that's the world that we're we're working through. I mean, there's you there when you shut off your camera, you're all by yourself, maybe in your room, and you may have the memory of this, but you know there is. It's not one or the other. This is what I'm trying to say. All
1: right, Alan, Alan, I'm going to jump what? in. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. I had chocolate, so it's the he- he- Hegelian thing, right? It's Hegel. Hegel. What's Hegel- that? Hegel turns around and says, "It's synthesis." Antithesis, uh, this thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. And oh, look at that! We have three, and we're all becoming one, and we have a synthesis.
2: No, that I'm not is saying a that.
1: Philosophy. It's not reality. I'm you not know?
2: saying that. I'm. I'm just saying.
1: It- I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read that okay. little UFO thing from 1904. For I okay. am divided for love's sake, for the chance of union. This is the creation of the world. That the pain of division is as nothing, and the joy of dissolution all. That's 1904.
2: All right, uh, that's that. That's one take on it. So I'm saying, Grant, and it's yes, we're all one and we're all separate. So there's a manifestation of phenomena here, which is something, and that's sort of the illusion we're playing in now. So we can say it's all one, and that's great, and I believe that. But it's also, you know, uh, we're here in the apparent separateness, and let's deal with what the next manifestation coming around the corner is gonna be and around the block, the next materialization of a phenomena, right? I mean, does, can, we, can we go there? Anybody,
6: Zinka, Yeah, I mean, it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting because we, because of the global news and things like that, we've started to realize we're on one planet, it's a spaceship, right. and we realize now that some, something that someone does in one country completely affects everyone else. So we now know that we're all tied together, right? So we rise together and we fall together. And that's the message at hand.
1: Exactly. Bravo. Beautiful, beautiful, we'll utopian, uh, beautiful utopian sentiments. And no, what, what Steve, Steve, that's your opinion. <laughs> One
2: day you're going to wake up and you're going to realize you're a part of everything. Okay, Steve?
1: I don't think so. I think it's I've like done... the
6: way the body works. You know, if you mess up one part of your body, then everything else compensates. It's like systems thinking, right? We've started to systems think and realize yeah, yeah. that what one person does affects the other piece. And if we really yeah. want to if we really want to do cool stuff together, we have to um, yeah, realize that Play,
4: play on the same football team. You can't win by everybody doing their own thing when you're in the huddle. Just everybody go do what you want. I don't want to block. I want to do this. I want, everybody has to work together. That is the ultimate message. And the idea of separateness is just simply ego. And when right. you do psychedelics and it kicks the living you-know-what out of your ego, you suddenly realize, as they all do, it's like, oh, my God, everything's alive, everything's conscious, and everything's one. Everybody says the same thing. And they will go back and say the physical world is the illusion. It was more real than the real world. And that's where I think psychedelics, the people that are having these experiences, and it's a revolution, it's it's moving around the world, is going to change things because the people that come back will say, uh, 74% uh, with psychedelics, 74% of people who are atheists going in were no longer atheists coming out. It's absolutely revolutionary because you, you realize it's it's more real than the real world. It is not a dream and it it's not an illusion. Hey, Grant, Grant have you done it, the yeah.
1: toad? Have you done the toad?
4: No, I haven't done the toad. I okay, would, uh, okay,
1: so you did ayahuasca?
4: No, I didn't do ayahuasca.
1: Okay, you haven't done the toad. Let, let's just say that ayahuasca was the old paradigm and the toad is the new. And if you okay. know really psychedelic people, which I do, I worked with Mondo 2000. I was probably the only person you know who Terence McKenna called and said, "I've been told I need to meet you." All right? <laughs> so and that's true. So I would say Grant would I we if you want, I'll spend a minute and talk about the toad. If not, I can shut up.
4: No. Right. Oh, well, that, that's the, uh, that is the ultimate thing. So, but you have these different realities. So say, psilocybin is one level. Uh, DMT is one level. And then the toad is these, this pure consciousness where there's no form and stuff like that. The 5-methoxy. These are different levels, but they're, 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 there's no separation. They're just different levels of consciousness.
1: Wait. We'll need to talk about John Lilly too, right? Well, John Lilly was sort of, I worked with
2: John Lilly. I think he lost his mind, but he did merge with the dolphin consciousness. But no, Grant, let's just, um, and other people can jump into David, Roderick, Henrietta. there is this apparent separateness. We are separate. So whatever's manifesting as the alien is showing up uh, and maybe in the illusion of their own separateness, maybe they're not, all in this oneness of consciousness. Is that possible, Grant? That they are also working through the illusion?
4: No, I think that they if you take a look, forty percent of all experiencers say at, at, at one point during their experience they knew the answer to everything in the universe. I don't think they can get here unless they understand conscious the oneness. Mm. That's how they get here. They realize it's all one thing. We think you need a big giant spacecraft with a thousand years of the food and big engines and fly across the universe at the speed of light. They realize you can just pop in. That's what Kit Green says. When when Peniston said, what the hell are you guys doing? What are you doing with Bigelow? They had eight people, these scientists, and they all this funding for experiences. He said, we're trying to figure out how does the phenomena pop in and pop out just as quickly. So they know this, that, that they're just coming in and out. And I don't think you can do it unless you understand that it's all one thing. There is no time and space. They're just changing the equation and they're moving from one spot in the wherever to, to another spot, whether it's across space or whether it's in these dimensions, which I think it is.
2: But they are moving from, they are like you're You're now acknowledging that there is something coming from somewhere to yes. here. As,
4: as okay. when you do DMT, they will describe, it is like you have a rocket on your back and you are out of your body and you are going somewhere and everybody describes the same thing. Yeah, you're going somewhere the same as they're coming, but are you actually moving across or as Deepak Chopra says, is it mm-hmm. all an action inside consciousness? There's only right. consciousness and everything is a verb. Everything is happening inside consciousness mm-hmm. and we're making this illusion of separating us from other people mm-hmm. and and uh, when, you know, Alan
1: was, uh, what, when Alan what, was when Alan was interviewing Deepak Chopra, uh, I asked yeah. Stanley Krip. You know, I said, Stanley, should I go see Deepak Chopra? And he said, I want your opinion on Stanley Chopra. So go Deepak Chopra. So go and see uh, Deepak for me. And I came out and Stanley said, What did you get from Deepak Chopra? I said, He's pushing an Indian agenda, a Hindu agenda. Yeah. And well, and, and that's, that's what I got I, from I him. like I like
2: Deepak. Great. I think he's quite a clear being. But um, what were you saying, Grant?
4: It may be right. That's the whole idea that the Eastern people were talking about this 5,000 years ago and because they couldn't build a cell phone, we said they're totally idiots. And now we're starting to realize it may all be Maya. It may all be an illusion. The quantum right. physics is backing up Eastern myth, uh, Eastern religion. Yes. They were right all along. And the same as I said with the UFO people, the UFO people will be right all along. We're just getting vindicated now. The stuff that we're saying, science is now starting to back up.
2: Wait, Grant, can you also talk about what happened on Mount Shasta with that group of people? Cause that's a fascinating story. What well, what
4: happened?
2: Yeah, okay. I'll tell you a little term. bit about the
4: 2020 event. So they have one in 2014, 2015. Who who they,
2: they? Who who are they?
4: Okay, this is Mission Rama, which is another idea where you got to really start looking at the beings because Mission Rama is like 25,000 people who started by Sixto Paz and his brother Charles Paz in 1974. They had this automatic writing. They claimed they were contacting these aliens, and the aliens said, "Come to the desert, eight o'clock on Saturday night. We'll be there. the The ship shows up. They get to go on the ship, and they." developed this protocol of doing this mantra and the meditating and all this kind of stuff and they can tell you when the objects are going to appear like when i was there in 2017 at 9:33 two people said it would appear at 9:33 this thing appeared over my head at 9:33 and i'm telling you i was born again i said man these people are onto something and they had they opened these zendras which are, they call interdimensional portals so the beings lower their vibration they use this mantra and meditation thing to raise vibration. And then this, this, this Zendra will open a portal or Zendra. They call them Zendras will open the mission Rama people. There's 25,000 of them. They have all sorts of contacts. I have never seen a gray, never seen a reptilian, never seen a mantid. It's all these uh, human liking beings with long hair, gorgeous, all this kind of stuff every single one and they've been doing this since 1974 and they've had a lot of contacts so the, mm-hmm. 2014 they open a zendra 2015 Paula Harris is there her interpreter, in, in mount Shasta at,
2: in mount, Shasta, mount Shasta.
4: Yeah. Shasta her 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 translator goes into the into the zendra with her and they they're seeing uh, uh, beings that are that are um, holograms and i said to him did you see the holograms I didn't see no hologram. It was as physical as could be. I could see the lines in the guy's face. I was standing right there. And that's the thing is you start to see this thing where two people are seeing two entirely different things. They're both looking at the same thing. And then you start wondering, well, if it's something really physical and really real, why aren't they seeing the same thing? So he suddenly, they call a hitchhiker phenomena. They, it follows him home. And this Anterel, this being starts appearing and his car starts, all this weird stuff where the windshield wipers are going, and the car is turned off and weird stuff. And then he gets a message from uh, Antarell says, well, we've changed it. And there's a Dama as the new being. And you need to go to Mount Shasta in 2020. You need 111 people. Sends them to Shasta. Or, yeah, to, no, to, um, no, to um, uh, Sedona. And they have this thing that the alien makes them go to Sedona. They do this stuff and it all works out. They go back. And in 2020, I'm, and this is what I, I, I interviewed the people. They have an encounter with a being in, in the, um, the, the crystal shop at the bottom of the hill. Then they're sitting there. They're having a, a party, uh, birthday party, 2 o'clock in the morning. They're sitting on the sand flats. We so you know where the sand flats are. And earlier that day, they're, they're taking a film. They say, can we film? They filmed this being in the, in the forest, and it's moving. And it looks like a, a white figure in a gown on this video camera. And they pick it up twice as it zooms one way and zooms the other way.
2: This is in Sedona, you're saying, in Sedona?
4: No, they would send it to Sedona to do all this weird stuff. Go do this, go do that. And if you do that, we'll show up at Mount Shasta on August August the 19th or August the 20th. So they're having this party. It's a birthday party. It's it's two o'clock in the morning. There's nine people sitting on the sand flats, not in chairs, sitting on the flat flats. And suddenly the one is intuitive. She's from Mexico. She says, they're here. Exactly what Chris Butso says. They're here. And I always said to Chris Bledsoe, how do you know? I can feel the vibration. Once you've become one with the craft, once you've interacted with them, you feel the vibration. So even if they're, you can't see them, they're there. So the one woman says, they're here. And then she's, how do you know? I just know they're here. And suddenly this light thing light starts lighting up in the forest and it's pitch dark. You can't see your hand in front of your face. The light starts to appear in the forest. And then she says, they're over there. And then someone says, oh, no, that's just a campsite. There's somebody's campsite. She said, no, that's them. And then in an intuitive message, this being says, this uh, Adama says, come to the forest. We're in the forest. Come to the forest. She said, we're not going across. It's so dark. We're going to get injured. We're trying to go across the field. And they said, and we've got three witnesses. I'll put this on YouTube. Three witnesses of the nine. They say, suddenly it was like a herd of elephants coming across the field. They could hear this. And they said, okay, we'll come. And they said, suddenly Adama was there. And he's again, it has this long hair, very beautiful, looks very human like and 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 they're sitting there and they get scared. So the nine people hold hands and we got three of the witnesses telling the story. They hold hands and the beings are there and they are levitated into the air. They're up in the air. And then they described the fact that they, they were started ohming. They were scared. They didn't know what to do. So they started ohming. And they said it sounded like they were underwater. Well, I've got a 747 airline pilot who was in a Zendra who said, when you're in a Zendra and you talk, it sounds like you're underwater. So they were in this Zendra, this interdimensional bubble. And I said to the one guy, I said, so how many beings were there? He said, a couple hundred. I said, wow. a couple hundred? He said, there was as many beings as there was forests in the tree. And they were, a th- they were energy beings they the Adama was sort of human and all these energy beings all around them. And the the the, the beings were oming these witnesses. This is nine witnesses. And that's the kind of stuff that you get when when you start to see this. But the thing is, is it a physical being? Because they said they were etheric beings and they, they will disappear into these etheric beings or there'll be holograms and stuff like that. And the more you look at it, the more, yes, there's something going on, there's some sort of dimensional thing going on, but in terms of physical beings it starts to evaporate. This, these weren't physical beings that they were dealing with. And there was nine witnesses, not one, nine witnesses. And we've interviewed three of them.
2: And did they get a download? Did they get a message of any sort? They
4: got a message? Yeah, exactly. So it's a circus and then the message. Now I've, I've got the message. I, 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 I put it on, on uh, Facebook book, but they give a message and it's the same classic message that all the contactees give. You got to get together and love is the basis of the universe and, and be one and all the the same story all, all the time. And that was the message they got.
2: Wait, Steve, let me ask uh, uh, any comment, Roderick, David, Henrietta on that. Um, Roderick, what do you think of that phenomenon?
7: You know, <laughs> I will look into this camera and tell you, everyone all of this is just kind of You know, for me being an investigator looking for the facts of things, right?
2: (laughs) There are no more facts anymore.
7: (laughs) There's no more. It's out the window. So now I'm just sitting here going, where do we go from here? You know, and how do you interpret all of these things? And so I'm listening to Grant. Of course, Steve is making his points elusively. I mean, just putting them out. "Eh, eh, eh," You know, and so... (laughs) I'm I'm just I'm just I don't have a dog in a fight, but I'm in the fight. So I'm here listening. So, okay, okay. Actually, (laughs) Greg, maybe we get you. Let me
4: ask one add one more thing. You know that the CIA wanted to come there, that Ron Pandolfi, the guy who supposedly briefs the president of the United States, has always said all this stuff about anti-gravity, all this stuff is techno scam. It's all a scam. And he keeps indicating the portal is the story. John Alexander said after a guy interview, they were asking about UFOs. And he said, look, it's not about the UFOs. It's about the portals. He yells at, at Sid Goldberg in the park, parking lot. And so they, the CIA wanted to send someone to Mount Shasta. And Paula Harris told me, you do not bring CIA to Mount Shasta. You keep them away. And, and so when this event happened in 2020, I went back to one of Ron Pandolfi's associates. I said, hey, don't you think it's about time to do an interview? to say what's really going on here. Are there really portals? Does the government have a portal? Is is this this interdimensional thing where they're popping in and out of stuff? And he said, yeah, sure, I'll do the interview, no problem. And and he said, but I need you to go and make an agreement that you'll get the witnesses and go on a TV show with the witnesses. And then one of the people in the thing said, no, if it's CIA people involved, we're not gonna get involved. So I had to back off to the guy and said, I can't deliver the witnesses, but they were gonna do an interview and I said, mm-hmm. it's about time that you come clean on this portal thing and, and do an interview. And they were going to actually do an interview.
2: Wait, so you're saying, Grant, that the whole UFO investigation, the whole thing A-Tip was talking about uh, to the stars, it's really about this dimensional, open dimensionally doorways. That's what you're saying.
4: Well, some of them do. If, if you'd say the last interview that, 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 that um, uh, Ale- Lou Alessandro did with the yeah. brief. He does the yeah. and they say, is this on world or off-world? And he said, hang on, let's just be hypothetical. Let's go down the rabbit hole. It's not binary. It's not, it's maybe not this or that. You gotta look, it maybe it's something else. And that's exactly what I'm saying. It's not off-world, on world, it's something in between. And so some people realize this. It is way more complex than people think. It is not simply aliens coming here in spaceships and tin cans and stuff like that. It's very, very complex. And Lou Elizondo says, we don't know. And that was, I think what the briefing was that was given to Trump was, yeah, we got these objects. We've got them, but we have no clue how how these things are operating. We have no clue. They're That's what Jim Semivan said. He was asked, who's running the show? Indicating the government. He said, they're running the show. And this is the whole idea is that this phenomena is way beyond anything we've got. And the idea that we're going to go and shoot these things down, like Stephen Greer says that, To me, that's QAnon nonsense. They aren't shooting anything down. This phenomenon is running the show as it did at Skinwalker Ranch. We say, oh, this is our airspace. Get out of our airspace. We own the airspace. Remember what happened at Skinwalker Ranch? That's what Bigelow said. Bigelow said, when I saw what they did to the government guys, I knew it was time to sell the ranch. And what did it do to the the government guys? these, These guys with the guns, these special forces guys are walking in Skinwalker Ranch and they get stopped on the spot. And they get the voice that says, leave you are not welcome, which wow. indicate if anybody, nobody owns the airspace, nobody owns the land, but if anybody owns the land, they were here first, they own the airspace and these special forces guys and Bigelow talks about this. Knapp talks about this. They don't get into details. These guys went home and they were absolutely petrified and there was wine bottles flying across the room, smashing against walls. It followed them home and they, and that's when Bigelow sold the ranch when he saw what had happened. And that's mm-hmm. the whole thing is George Knapp says, and this is this this participatory universe thing that you are part of what you're seeing. He said the people that were the most aggressive to the phenomena at Skinwalker Ranch had the worst experiences. So this phenomena will react to whatever we have it. And so they're making these in- engagements with the military. And we are part of the phenomena. It's just not us versus them separation. you The more you look at it, the more you realize that we are part of what we're seeing.
2: Yeah, right, no, right, that is right. great. Thank you. Go right, ahead, Steve. Right. Did you,
1: uh, did you use the word poltergeist at all during that spiel? Because I no. felt like the word poltergeist should pop in. Two Whoa. things. Yeah, go I'm going to go really quick. Uh, okay. The other thing I was talking about portals. Other day, very distinct vision. Uh, I had a UFO, and it came, landed. It was a sun wheel. It was landed right on my forehead, opened yeah. a lot of shit up. It was a fucking sun wheel SWAT sticker. The thing that scared <laughs> me about it was I said, holy shit, this is what Charlie Manson had going on. <laughs> now, the other point that I want to bring, and I want to bring Dave in, is Dave, he mentioned, Grant mentioned the circus aspect to it. And before he said circus, he was giving me the spiel about this Shasta event. I thought, uh, the this, this society, the this spectacle. So is that Baudrillard, uh, go go into that. You might, this, uh, you might know about that, the French philosophy about the spectacle, right?
3: Yeah, and, this the of the spectacle is uh, debarred. Uh, what does that mean? Go into
2: details about that, uh, David. What does that mean, spectacle,
3: you're saying? Uh, the, it's the situationists, right? Well, so talk, of, what, situationists talk about the history family. of that. Can you? Uh, in, was that 60s? That was the 60s with the yeah. French. Yeah, yeah so, it, was,
1: you know,
3: it was. It was the French But oh. well, what is it? Well, it was a... Uh, uh, Advanced socialism, I guess. I don't know. In a certain way, it was kind of a reaction against capitalism, a reaction against capital, a reaction against uh, contemporary. Uh,
1: It gets it gets very philosophy. Yeah, but what's the esoteric part
3: of it, David?
1: Deconstructionist. Mm -hmm. But what does that have to do
2: with portals?
1: Because the assembling of the senses Mm -hmm. through a spectacle creates an altered state that opens a portal. A spectacle and a circus and all these things. Spiritualism, Grant. All these things are to dissemble the senses, give you an unusual experience that blows your mind, psychedelia, and possibly a portal opens. I mean, this is-
2: I think Grant would agree with that because that's how he wrote a book on uh, contact modalities and that's Mm -hmm. one of them, right, Grant, to disassemble?
4: Yeah, Yeah. with the contact modalities, I talk about the trauma thing that a lot of times- Trauma is you. So when you're you need to experience this thing opens up or, you know, Leslie Kane talking about the hand that appears and, and disappears and stuff. And when you, when you hear Leslie Kane talking about it, then you realize there's phenomena that can come in, become physical and go back into the other world. That it's only physical for a certain period of time. Ectoplasm. And that, yeah. Well, there's no, It's not that.
2: The, the the psychic phenomena also had its own evolution as well. You don't hear about ectoplasm like you did. You don't hear about tapping tables and, and and all that knocking like you did. There's a sort of evolution to the paranormal, like you're saying, the evolution to the E.T. phenomena. So are they are they are they really the same? OK, well,
4: right if you take a look, I remember I asked Yvonne Smith, like the thing about the you know, the paranormal stuff I said to Yvonne Smith. So how many uh, you get? You, you regress all these people. How many of them have psychic phenomena happening? You start laughing, like ninety-nine uh, percent, and yeah. it's like true. It's like it starts to happen. Same with you have near-death experience. These people, same thing. Forty, like fifty percent of all people who are in in say have an uh, an abduction experience say they can heal people or they've been healed. In near-death experience, it's seventy percent. It's mm-hmm. you see these parallels of these these phenomena that it's all the same thing, and that's the whole idea. When Ray Hernandez. Saw me do the consciousness lecture and went back to miami and two days later he gets pulled out of his and has this out of body experience where they show him the wheel and say it's all the same thing quit parsing it psychic phenomena remote viewing uh you know ufos quantum physics it's all the same thing consciousness links it all and that's when the, the whole free thing with edgar mitchell started that that survey thing and that's how it happened it's all it's basically all the same thing it's all a, a playoff of consciousness and we want to change it into little things like the the, the channelers are better than the, the contactees or the contactees say don't put me with the yeah. channelers they're full of it and and we're we're playing this separation game and it's all the same thing and people ever have, are, are, have different levels of ability at what they're doing but it's all great getting into the veil, going into the other dimension or whatever it is, pulling material out. Whereas people would say 40% of all people say they knew the answer to everything in the universe and the aliens took them there. So if that's true, then whoever the intelligence is, has all the answers to the universe. It's all there. It's the ability to access the material.
2: Right. So uh, someone writes in the chat on the YouTube, we got a lot of great comments on YouTube. So uh, keep those comments coming. Somebody said, What about that comment by Ben Rich that we now have the technology to take ET home? That wasn't consciousness, was it, that he was talking about? He was talking about technology.
4: Well, I know uh, Ben, um, Hal Putoff went to great details to talk to John Hartson about what he had said. But what did he say next? He said, and and you got to prelude that to two years before. We're talking to Dr. Eric Walker, former president of Penn State University, who knew what was going on. Like Putoff went to him all day. Kit Green went to him to find out. We realized this guy knew what was going on. He was there from the beginning. And he, we are talking to him about the, the control group. What about the tr- control group? Is there still 12 guys at all American? Look, he ask you a question. He says, what do you know about ESP? And the guy was interviewing, he said, "Well, I don't really know. He said, look, unless you understand about ESP and how it works, you will not be taken into the control system. Very few people understand. So when Jan Hartson says to Ben Rich, he says, how does it work? How does the propulsion system work? How do they get here? He turns around and says to him, he says, let me ask you a question. Exactly the same question Walker asked. What do you know about ESP? And Jan Hartson says it means everything in time and space is connected. And He said, that's how it works. Gets in his car and drives away.
2: So, okay, just one follow up. So the 180 days that is coming up in June, where the government's scrambling and Elizondo's making excuses that maybe we don't know, we won't get all the intelligence together. Is this really in your opinion, because they have no idea what's going on? They don't know how to talk about this. They don't know how to wake up these Christian fundamentalists into the fact that it's really spiritual. It's not about, you know, the whole religious sort of thing that they've been into is, is that the big problem the government's having now grant
4: well my impression it keeps changing on this thing so what you got to realize people always think that the uniform <laughs> the government is a unified agency and it's not there's agencies like the these these fundamentalist christians that are fighting there's uh, people fighting for budget where they're going to grab your budget to say you're crazy grab your budget so i think there's different levels and i think what they're trying to do is they're trying to open it up so all the stuff like the, the Rendlesham Forest stuff all went into a black hole. All the, the gun camera footage went to a black hole. Somebody knows what's going on, but I think there's these different levels. So what Lou Elizondo and these guys, they're at sort of a level where they realize there's something to this. The phenomena is real. And they realize there's somebody above them that has some of these answers. But I would say the people at the very top, the answer they have is we haven't got a clue. It, 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 for example, if you look at the Wilson document, at the end of the Wilson document, it says – We've got a craft that we think we that will fly. So, what does that mean? It means they have a craft, an intact craft that they cannot turn on because it has a consciousness interface. You can't turn Mm. it on. So, it doesn't matter if you've got all the metal, it's like a cell phone, you can't turn it on because you you don't understand how it works. So, there are I believe there now there are people who understand at the very highest levels that there is something very, very mysterious about this, it's very, very consciousness driven. And it's almost like I'm going to try to confirm. I'm pretty sure Ron Pendolfi said, because we cannot control the phenomena, we watch the people who the phenomena is affecting. So you have people like Whitley Strieber talking about being tracked, about an mm-hmm. implant. Uh, Chris talking, they're talking now about a satellite above his place. He was told numerous times by intelligence people that he was being tracked, that his phone is being tapped, And that's what they're doing. They're trying to figure out, because it's the experiencers who are interacting with the phenomena. The intelligence agencies, you think they've got all this material. They don't. They're just listening to the experiencers. They're picking up the – that's where they get their intelligence from. That's mm-hmm. why experiencers are being watched so closely, and the experiencers will tell you it is this weird sort of uh, paranormal consciousness thing, and the government's trying to track into them and follow them as to what are the, what are are what are the beings telling you, how does it work, how do they get here, and all this kind of stuff.
2: Well, they do have a lot of material, because if you saw Elizondo the other night on CNN, some reporter says, well, are these these three or four videos all we got? And he had to control himself from laughing. He like, you know. Well, of course not we have <laughs> did you see that the other night it yeah, was amazing but
4: there again that's where the the idea of the theory of woe well comes from so you have you have the they have all these videos and you know Hundreds that they can of turn hours. off J- jacobs tried to video them with this with the mysterious cameras Whitley Strieber tried it and uh, they tried a skinwalker ranch when the phenomena doesn't want to be filmed it's not filmed so when they show up when they have lights on it they want you to see it the same as when they have the piece of metal and i said to hell put off i said hell You've got to know this is at portations. This is not pieces of flying saucers. Like, every piece is different. And so you look at it and you say, wow, look at the isotopes. These isotopes are all messed up. This can't be on Earth. But it doesn't (laughs) tell you anything. It's just a weird piece. It's like a UFO. It's the theory of wow. It's to get everybody to go, look at this metal. This is just so weird. But you're not going to build a flying saucer from a piece of metal. And there are no pieces of metal flying off the flying saucer.
1: You think these are about ports? Yeah, I think they're
4: dropping it. If you listen to... to, yeah. If you look at, at, at Bigelow, Bigelow's talked about, they asked him about Roswell and he says, and remember Bigelow had all the money. He had all the top guys working for him for a number of years. He said, yeah, but don't forget, he says, probably, they've got one in Russia. They got one in China. They got one in South America. I think they're seeding the planet. And if you look at, at, at the guy that was the Nassau guy, the top Nassau guy that was dealing, that gave the briefing to Obama about Chris Bledsoe, he, he, when they go to the field, he takes, the, he takes Diana Pasolka and Gary Nolan. He takes them to this field. Where, they, where the metal is and they're finding these pieces of metal that one has a triangle the on the piece of metal. Fail. Yeah,
2: right. And, right and, yeah.
4: And, and, and they call it the gifting field, which indicates yeah. they're crashing on purpose. They're dropping this stuff. They, they ain't making mistakes. They're dropping this stuff and they're just trying to get you to go, wow, this is for real and move you past this idea that we're alone in the universe. We are in control of everything and realize the world is much more weird and more magnificent than you're ever going to believe and we're coming well, to that realization. It now.
1: sounds
2: like cargo cult stuff. No. No, no, Steve, don't have to go there. But I do want to think what you're saying, Grant, reminds me of Henrietta's essay in the book where it's kind of nonlinear. And what you come to, Henrietta, is that in a sense, we are the mystery. We're looking for the mystery out there in the UFO, but it's right here. Who are we? We are part of that greater intelligence. That's what I'm getting from this conversation. Henrietta, you have anything to say about
5: that? No, I mean, I'm just fascinated by everything that you're saying, Grant, I couldn't agree more. And Zenker, you know, well, because, no, and thinking about it, but it's clarified, if you can call it that, the you know, this portal concept of just, instead of thing, this, you know, the separation game of sort of this realm, that realm, in my experience of any contact or dreaming or with DMT experiences, everything just kind of slips between. It's just a big, you know, you're just slipping between one thing to the next it's differentiated, but it's not like there's this and there's that, you know, it is. Well, a unified we are the mystery. Field.
2: Yeah. Th- yeah. We, we, Grant, and, I think you sort of hinted at it. We are the mystery. It's not, that's what these, yeah. the wow factor is. We're not, Go ahead, Grant. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, that, that's the idea. That's why I keep saying we are not the actor on the stage. We are playing an actor on the stage or Whitley Strieber's wife Anne, says, Whitley, yeah. I am no longer Anne, but I'll always be yeah. Anne to you. She leaves the stage and is yes. now playing a different role. So we mm-hmm. are we, we we have to realize you got to remember who are we actually we sort of put ourselves we are human beings. And these are aliens. No, we are all actors. Yeah. We agreed to play a human being. We are not a human being. We are an etheric being who came into a reincarnation world to play a human being. We are not the human being. We are We are behind the human being. We have to remember who we actually are. We are not the actor on the stage.
1: Oh, I agree. And, and you keep the magic word. The ma- Literally, the magic word is masks. Masks. masks?
2: I don't know what you Okay. We're wearing a persona. That's mass. That's I think that's what he means. But the the idea I'm also getting from what you're saying that um, I just slipped my but um, if we're the mystery, then we have to kind of reeducate ourselves, rechange society, kind of be the mystery that we really are and not think it's out there. The government doesn't have the secrets. There exactly. is something magical about all of us and by saying yes it's all oneness it's kind of i'm not saying it really does it but it reduces it to a kind of blandness i think and if Mm. we say it's all one Mm. i'm not saying you're doing that but if we say it's it is the mystery we're part of it and it's it's a complexity that's unfathomable but we have the capacity to start to open our brains to this unfathomable reality then then the world can become magic because it, it really is.
4: That's, that's why I say it's the Super Bowl. When you realize what's really going on, you realize you are in this Super Bowl of all stories. Most people live lives of quiet desperation. They haven't got a clue what's going on. You and I, and, but then the Bible says, too much is given, much is expected. Edgar wow. Cayce says, knowledge not used is sin. When we realize, then we, it's up the onus is on us to talk. And that's why I say we've got to talk to the experiencers because they're the ones that are dealing with the intelligence. The government probably doesn't know, except for very high level people that you are not going to get to. The average government person doesn't care either. They're, they're busy with their, their, right. their field or whatever they're doing. We are the ones that are getting the answers and the people you get, people and that are experiencers, and you start talking to them. That's why they're talking to Chris Bledsoe. They go to Chris Bledsoe and say, how are you making this contact? They take the little piece of metal. Have you heard that story of the little piece of metal? No. The whole family. They put a piece of metal in his hand. Then they put a second piece of metal, like Ryan talked about it, put a second piece of metal in his hand, and he feels this electricity going through his body. And they say, you've had a face-to-face contact with the, with the intelligence. Then they put it to the, 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 the brothers, the sisters. They all get the thing. Chris Bledsoe puts him in his hand. He basically goes into a seizure. Then they wow. give it to the girlfriend, and nothing happens to the girlfriend. So NASA at least knows that. The, uh, Tyler D., who did this experience, knows at least that. And so they go to Chris Bledsoe, and they're saying – how do you do this how do you make contact what are they telling you that's why they're watching the experiences and we should be watching the experiences as well because that's where you're going to learn these are the people that are interacting with whatever this intelligence is yeah. and the intelligence is telling people and when you talk to an experiencer and they know that you believe them they will tell you unlike the government an experiencer will tell you exactly what happened to them exactly what they think is going on what the beings told them That's where we got to go. We've got to spend all our time talking to the experiencers because they've broken through. They're in the Super Bowl with us. And Mm. once you realize this story, you realize this is the biggest story of all times because it's the story of the reality of the world. How does the world actually work? It's really got nothing to do with Mm. aliens or UFOs. It's got to do with reality. When you see an inconsistency, when you see an anomaly in in the universe, you realize we've got something wrong. And I was told that directly by an intelligence. I was told that you got the wrong blocks. They said, not only have you got it wrong, it's exactly the opposite of what you think it is. You just think you know, you haven't got a clue of how it works. And that they talked about the wrong blocks. We think we've got all the right blocks. And we're just looking for one more block to put in there. And what they're saying is all the blocks are wrong. 1492, flat earth, center of the universe, wrong block. And we're taking the these wrong blocks and we're putting them in, when you have an anomaly, when something doesn't make sense, that means something is wrong. you got to talk oh. to the person, figure out what it is, and you will start to learn how does reality actually work? How does did, how did the universe come into being and who are we in that reality? So
1: that's Grant,
2: what Grant, we're learning. To, uh, we're learning how reality really works yeah, Grant, with this phenomena. I, What's that, I Steve? To,
1: I have to say my favorite quote from Ustvensky we ha- we need to learn to think in different categories. Right. We John Mack said that
2: we have we need other ways of knowing. But Grant, the government does have a portal, according to what I think you said about Pandolfi and yeah. his wife traveled through these dimensions or they had some video about talking about their portal. What does the government know about portals?
4: Well, that's what i'm trying to find out that's my main in. that's my main focus i'm trying to get them to open up about this i'm trying to get to find out is that real because i've and i've watched all Pandolfi's writings because he keeps hinting at it in indirect ways uh and that that's the whole thing if they realize that but that would be very few people inside the government that would be mm-hmm. like like one millionth to one percent there's very few people i believe that really know how this thing all, all comes together right and uh, so but it is the key thing the idea of anti-gravity and stuff if you take a look at joe firmage he spent millions of dollars trying with these gyros trying to levitate this thing off the table he never got it one inch off the table and that's yeah. why i say if people think we got anti-gravity crafts give your head a shake because because he had <laughs> millions of dollars he could have bought this technology he was trying and and you every time yeah. you go like Hal Putoff says i've got a graveyard of ex- people saying that they have these inventions that are yeah. uh, Free energy devices and stuff like that. They've tested all this stuff, and that's why he keeps saying it's techno scams. So that's where I'm going. I believe that maybe what it's about, and that comes to this idea: it's not out there over here; it's it's levels of reality. It's different vibrations. Everything is everything is vibrating, and so uh, DMT people vibrate at one level. We vibrate at this level. The aliens are vibrating, and you see a lot of experiences. If you look at the free survey, you see a lot of dead people in crafts with the aliens. So mm-hmm. that's would indicate that dead people are at a, at a vibration. And we, if we learn how to do, we can get into that vibration right. and talk to dead people. We can get into right. the, the, the being right. vibration. It's all different vibrations. It's all the same thing. It's all one thing. It's all right. time and space is connected.
2: Oh, Zinka or Henrietta. Oh, go ahead, Roderick. I think you wanted to say something. Because, wait, yeah, it might hey, be a we'll little
3: pri-
7: my question may be a little primitive here. That's and, OK, but you, we're talking about portals we was on uh, Clubhouse the other night and of our whole conversation was about Stargate, you know, SG-1. Yep. And, and, of course, the Air Force working with them, playing a cameo, uh, dictating what they should put out, disseminate the information within those series. Um, so how does that play a part in all of this about actual portals that they are seeing that they have in this particular movie, but it's supposedly be, real portals right hmm. and, and and that always gave me the thought if we got the portals why make the crafts you know to to fly i mean why do we need spaceships when we can just you know and go wherever they yeah. want to go so because i can because,
4: get that quickly because the government is all about money it's about budget you 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 don't know what the other guy's doing but you're still going to push your budget because you want money it's the idea, like we got to do the threat thing. If there's no threat, there's no 735 billion dollar defense budget. Everybody's fighting for money. They really don't care whether it's right or wrong. It's you've got to push your your thing. So we're not going to. That's what Bigelow talked about when Bigelow put one of his uh, his things up, up into space. He used a Russian rocket. And I remember they interviewed him and said, "Why would you use a Russian rocket? Why wouldn't you use?" Because everybody was taking all the miss the the the. Um, 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 The um, hydrogen missiles bombs out and and so they had all these extra rockets and he said I used a Russian rocket because the Americans took the rockets and drove bulldozers over them and the guy said why would they do that because you do not go up against new rockets you're not going to put them out of business so you have to destroy all the old rockets it's all about money number one rule in America is money number two rule is money number three rule is money it's all about budgets and fighting so that's what it's all about
2: but what about the other part that Roderick mentioned? The oak okay, you have to it was okay that is that what the CIA okay the Stargate series? Is that what you said, no, Roderick?
7: The Air Force did. The 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 Air Force, Force okay the series. In fact, there was two or three episodes where actual generals from the Air Force had cameo appearances in the in the uh six Stargate you know. series. Yeah. But and, you also
2: said if you also said Grant, if the government doesn't want you to make that movie about aliens, they will prevent you from doing that. So maybe they're leaking some stuff, right?
4: Well, I've, I've, I've always said I've, Thanks, since 1990, I've <laughs> said that they are gradually doing it. So if you take a look at people may not remember Chase Brandon. Chase Brandon wrote, wrote a book about how the CIA dealt with Roswell, and it went through the review in the CIA eight times. He said it was the most reviewed book he'd ever seen. He was a guy in Hollywood. So the way they do it is they're not going to they're not going to kill you. And they're not going to block you. So if they hear you're doing a movie, they say, Alan, you're doing a movie about UFOs. Yeah. Have you ever been to the CIA? Do you think we could help you out? And uh, and they, they, what they want to do is, is move you in the direction they want to move you. So if you take a look, they, the prime example was Bob Ammenager, 1974. He's doing he's doing this documentary where they say, we want you to, it's the Vietnam War. We want you to do these documentaries on 3D holography and working with dolphins and all this kind of stuff. And then he's going, yeah, okay, fine, fine. And we want to look make the military look good after the Vietnam War. And he said, oh, and we would like you to do this UFO movie. And he went, documentary, and went, what? There's UFOs. And they said, so what would you say if we told you there was a landing at Holman Air Force Base in May of 1971? And we'll give you the film and you can put it in your documentary and stuff like that. And they basically give them the film. They allow them to put eight seconds of the thing. And at the very last minute, they pull it and say, oh, we can't give you the actual film. We, we can just give you eight seconds of the film to put in the documentary. And that's the thing. So they're, they're directing it. They are gradually leaking this material out. Uh, to filmmakers, but they do it with everything. They, they're they always manipulating Hollywood because they want the CIA to look good. They want the government to look good. So they try to direct you in the direction they want. They're not going to try to kill you. They are gradually leaking the story. I've always maintained they're gradually leaking the story.
2: Yeah, they were saying yeah. that. Wait, wait oh. let, 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 let um, Roderick finish. Go ahead, Roderick. Go ahead.
7: So they, I'm sorry. And then I no, know go Steve's going to throw us a no, punch. No,
2: no. Steve has talked a lot. You, you okay. kind of, you we so, got your chance.
7: So what I was hearing uh, toward what Grant was just talking about, how they're a soft disclosure is that on some of these programs that the government is doing, particularly with Stargate, is that rather for stuff getting leaked out and then people are going after them saying, what about this? What about this? It's a lot easier for them to say, okay, we're going to give you some of these things to make these movies. So that when stuff actually does leak out, we can say, oh, that was just in the movie. You guys don't know what you're talking about, you know, but it's really is. So it's kind of like they was helping them and they were saying that in every episode they had to sign off on it. They had to say, okay, uh, you got to give, make us, and they even gave them a award, forget for, I think I forget what kind of colonial award it was for making the Air Force look good in a good light. Right. Uh, yeah. And, but at the end of the day, it was all about, yeah, it's true. But that way, if the public finds out about it, we can all we can say is, oh, no, that was just a movie. You know, but,
1: uh, Roderick, that's why I used to say the Outer Limits. You're familiar with the Outer Limits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Outer Limits was done by a general son and it was funded. <laughs> so that's something to look into because the Outer but, Limits but, was, but
2: uh, was. This is so- what Grant's always said, um, I guess, the last. Ten or twenty years that they give us something, they take it away, they confuse us. Right, Grant? That's your yeah. that's your whole
4: base. Yeah, it, it's always life. it's always plausible deniability, so they can always walk away. Like Pandolfi will say a lot of stuff, but he'll never say anything directly to you, except the one time I got him on the video, and that was he was furious when I got him on video. But it's always plausible deniability. And one example, prime example, is the movie Firefox with um, uh, the cowboy guy um, Clint Eastwood, where he's got he takes the Russian plane. And the plane is, is talking to it. He's talking to it with his mind. I've got 50 people who've flown the flying saucer. And they'll all say the same thing. You put your hand on a panel. You put your hand on a ball. You become one with the craft. The craft is alive. And whatever you think is what the craft does. That was in Firefox. That was like 20 years ago. And so that was the, the this gradual thing. But it's always fictionalized. So you can do it. Or the latest videos. All the videos I always maintain. All the videos that came of the New York Times. That was leaked. It was, even though the woman had leaked it, that was not coincidence. When, when Lou Elizondo retires from the, from the Pentagon, and in disgust, you do not get all the videos as a goodbye present. Those <laughs> things were thrown over the wall, classified, unclassified. Those things were leaked. They wanted them out there. And they say, no, no, we didn't leak that stuff. No, no, that wasn't. They'll say, now it's real. But they say, no, we didn't leak it. And nobody questions. Everybody just said, oh, these are real Photos. How did the photos get out of the Pentagon? How did those videos get out? They were yeah. leaked. The government yeah. actually leaked that stuff.
2: But right. what was the Pandolfi yeah. thing? You got him on. I'm just curious. Okay. Well, he was, was on a something. cruise.
4: He was on a cruise ship in the. Um, and the, the yeah. guy who was actually knew the interview was the guy who was filming. So she, uh, Princess, his yeah. wife, is the one that that, that claims yeah. that she's come through a portal. That she's the oh, one that okay. has the portal. Okay. And so she says to him, "So what do you say, footman?" And there's this guy sitting right beside him. His name is John Sillison, who may be the guy who's involved in this portal thing with the actuators and there's all these stories. So he says, he's on camera and he says, you know, um, people have always wondered what it's like to go into the next world. The next time John goes to the desert, a number of us here will go into the next world and come back again. And wow. that was on camera. And that is, there's pretty, no doubt about that because the story always was that Dan Smith used to say that they had a, they had a the portal in the desert. And that he had been offered three times to go through the portal, and he always panicked. And so I asked him on one uh, YouTube, on on one uh, a chat thing like we're having now. I said, Dan, you you turned down going through the portal three times. Well, no, that's really not true. And his Pandolfi's wife says, Yes, Dan, it is true. And that kind of stuff is what really makes me think, yeah, they've got it, because she said, No, Dan, that is true. You turned it down. And and so the idea is, do they have this portal?
2: So Zinka, what were you saying? you sorry.
6: Well, I was just going to say, I have no doubt that they have some sort of a portal. I'm sure we're we're understanding how to manipulate frequency and vibration all the time. But I think what, what Grant was saying before is very key. It's like he's saying they are looking to the experiencers as well. To fill in the story, and because no one knows what's going on, we don't know they don't. Nobody knows, right? And so this is our now that we have the tools to come together and analyze data, big data, experimental data, stories. You know, that's our chance to to tell our own narrative, right? And also advance. So my knowledge helps you, Alan. Your knowledge helps Steve, et cetera. And so that's why, I mean, that's why my mission is to, to build this nonprofit, the XOMetaverse.org, and to get we you know, we're doing a hashtag, you know, my first contact experience, because that's another thing.
2: The, well, tell tell us a little bit more. Tell Glenn.
6: that's on this call, yeah. if you help someone else have their first experience, it's all about the first experience. Once you have your first experience, You question reality and you're on your way to this curiosity that will what will bring about your own knowledge, your own wisdom, your own truths that you'll end up sharing. So we have two missions. One mission is to figure out what how the puzzle pieces add up because, you know, universities, the professors aren't researching this stuff. They want tenure. Right, mm-hmm. and if money, money, money is in the narrative with the government, we don't necessarily want that to be filtered into what's going on. Right, so we we need to come together, do our research together, have a wiki research platform, figure out what's happening with us, and we also need to bring other people into, into it because we're we're the force multiplier. Well, tell right?
2: about your talk about your organization in a little in a bigger way so we can understand what you're you're meaning. What's it called? Yeah, so and- we,
6: Started. We started in December. It's called What's Exo- the name Metaverse.
2: of your organization? Sorry, what is it called?
6: Yeah. Exometaverse.org. Mm-hmm. Metaverse mm-hmm. is a collection of virtual worlds. So eventually this will become sort of a map to all of our websites and projects, right? Because we're a network of networks. We're not in a single unit. We're, we're kind of the plumbing for the infrastructure. And we've taken a look at how people make contacts. We've looked at 5,000 people. We've broken that down and we're going to be releasing a living library which will allow us to all save not only the best books, movies, resources and correlate. Well, I trust Alan. What does he have on his list? I really trust, you know, so so we can start to pull out, you know, so people aren't look, you know, having to relearn or find stuff, right? And then also on the other side, the methodology. What's working? What is the best way to do CE5? Is it with the radio? Is it with a prayer? Is it with a radio? What, what is it, right? And, and who, what works for who? So that's really the, the main goal is to really organize our community, have a map so everyone can find each other. You want to know about crop, crop circles? Go to those people, you know? And then really polling and mining some of our, our wisdom to a coherent um, piece so we can really watch this happen.
4: Mm. Wonderful. Well, let me add one thing to that. The, the famous expression, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right, so wow. how, far, how far along are you? Like, where are you in the development and how can people find you and add to your project?
6: Yeah, so you can go to exometaverse.org and you can also, um, so there we do, we do collective intelligence every other week. What does that um, so mean? Well, so we're doing polling. So this week we're talking about the um, uh, Mandela effect and mm-hmm. simulation theory, because we're interviewing Riz work on Friday. So we have these polls that come out every other week, and then we're we're right now we're acting. We got our we're getting our nonprofit, and we're actively raising money to build the software. But we've got an initial raise to pay for a programmer for four months. That's going to be building this li- this living library resource. So right now, what you can do is. Give a if if you don't we have a huge network map. So if you see someone that's not in there, tell us about them. Right. And it'll get more organized as we go. And then we're also asking people to, to record their first experience or their best experience because you sharing how you did it. Was it through meditation? Was it in a dream? How was it for you? that enthusiasm and that experience helps someone else say well maybe i can have that experience right so and that hashtag is a community hashtag my first contact right and then we can pull those into the central feed and eventually um we're going to transcribe them and actually visualize the the data
2: well grant do you think that will help at all is that um
4: yeah absolutely that's what we have to do is is we have to realize that the The intelligence is in the experience. There's, they're the ones that have the answer that we are making a mistake of assuming that big brother has figured this thing out. And my experience, because I had the experience where I tried to publish this book in 1976. Nobody wanted to publish the book. And that's when I said, somebody's got to know what I saw. And I went after the Canadian government. Then I went after Eric Walker with 14 honorary doctorate degrees. Then I went after the president of the United States. Then I went after Ron Pandolfi and other CIA guys. And I'm trying to find out who has this answer? And I came to the conclusion: they really don't. They may have. There may be one or two guys, but that's a waste of time. You, we we think the government is going to bail us out. Uh, Zenka is right. The the intelligence, the answers are there, and if you put them out, at least people who are doing research can can cross index the stuff and, and take a look at it. The the people on the street are the ones because the government. I guarantee you, the government is watching us. Uh, I even heard that. Uh, semi-van and p- put off for reading all my stuff and I had an 80% right. They're watching because that's that's where the people think the, the CIA pulls stuff out of the sky or something. They don't. They pull it from actual people like you and I. So they're watching everything. or are probably watching this. They're watching everything we're doing and they're trying to figure it. out what the answer is.
2: Well, is there one? I mean, this cover up, whatever you want to call it, has been going on since Roswell, it seems like there's someone, and maybe it's the aliens themselves that are working with the deep inside government to stop this stuff from coming out. Is that possible in your research grant? That maybe the aliens are behind. Well,
4: the government? well they're doing they're doing the cover up as well, but they're doing it for different reason. They're doing the cover up because they can't you can't do your kids' homework for you. The Canadian mm government claimed that, they, that the story that they were told is they appeared after the detonation of the hydrogen bomb that is one of the key things that we are about to to blow up the place and they they said to the canadian government according to walt andrews who you remember the head of mufon told we got this story from Wilbur smith who ran the canadian government program and what Wilbur smith told the aliens had told him was we need you to stop doing the nuclear weapons the only time we will ever step in is if there's a nuclear exchange and we will step in and we will stop it to save the world. And we can take the moon to prove that we can do it. We can take the moon in front of the entire world, split it in half, put it back together in front of the entire world to prove we can do it. Yes. Other than that, they said, we will allow the human race to stew in its own juices. So wow. we, they're not here to save us. If we, it's a reincarnation world. So if we wipe ourselves out, we're coming back. <laughs> that, that doesn't but we're not going to destroy the world. That's what, the way I see the, the whole thing. And uh, mm-hmm. that's the, the message. So they are covering up. They are not allowing people to film, but they are also doing the other thing. They are putting lights on the craft. Why do UFOs have lights on the craft? We don't have lights on our planes. They're doing it. They're they're doing this little uh, I, like the the dancing bear thing. It's like, you know, something weird appears in your bedroom and it just appears, And but they don't give you enough. They don't actually let you take a film. It's always the same thing as the government. It's plausible deniability. And that may be where the government learned this principle. So the aliens yeah. are just gradually like breadcrumbs leading you down a path and they want you to figure it out because the, the idea of us going and them, them coming and giving us all the answers is what I call American foreign policy. We're here to bring you freedom, democracy, Jesus, and McDonald's. And next thing, they're <laughs> pointing guns and saying, get the hell out of our country. Leave us alone. You cannot enforce your ideas on anybody else. They want you to develop it yourselves. You right. can't do your kids' homework.
2: Right. David, you look like you're thinking about something. Any comments on
3: that? Go ahead. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that... Um... You know from as grant said i mean grant has done the the groundwork with actually talking to folks who are experiencers and you know i think that it's it is you know as some of the stuff i'd shared with you alan and henrietta with the the quotes from you know folks going back to the 50s beyond just the the flying saucer pilgrimage book that's kind of the underlying strong message Is this Mm. pulling us, you know, into something, you know, which also I think is what Steve's pointing out too, is this, you know, it's pulling us beyond ourselves into this, this further development of what's human, you know, I like, I like the term and this may piss off Steve, but I like the term, the homo noeticus term that. uh,
2: Homo Noeticus,
3: Yeah. Yeah. Which Edgar Mitchell and John White had, had coined, um, which I thought was kind of a, it's a, an interesting, you know, kind of new vision of, of humanity. I think Mary Rodwell, who's in your book, right? Yeah. Yes, yes,
2: she is, yes. Um, she's the...
3: And she's got the, she's turned that into new human, you know. Right. And also is one of the, the folks that have, have mentioned recently that this homo noeticus concept, the, you know, the, the kind of Gnostic human. Well,
2: I do think this is where the conversation about whatever we're calling aliens has to go in a realm of consciousness, mysticism, awakening. Like Henrietta, does this make sense to you? Because you had this contact with your father who had died. And as you opened up your mind, it's sort of in your essay kind of all becomes this higher level of of awakening is what I get from what you wrote in there. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And then we'll wrap up.
5: Um, yeah I do I mean every everything that you, you've all been saying and Grant you've been so helpful and I love I, I've just got to say that I love your <laughs> project senka it's fantastic <laughs> because just going to the people directly um, yeah my experience as Alan was saying is just well, well what actually one of the things I've been thinking on this call is like you know, we're all here talking very kind of um, literally. I mean, that's what we do conversationally, etc. But I, I like you know, Grant referred several times to us being the actor. Steve's talking about the mask. You know, I'm always. I, uh, it's there's if there's something about this beyond language, which is very annoying because we have language to use, but. You know, my experiences are very hard to put into words, but I'm wondering about how we're going to start communicating with each other on different levels. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I like acting and I like poetry because, you know, that's going through a portal in itself. Like, there's, a, you know, well, and in the my theory world, is
2: it's right? about like Grant said, symbology. It's not yes, about yes, symbology. It's not about comprehension. It's about apprehension. When you comprehend something, you collapse the wave function. But when you apprehend it, all these um, ideas are in superposition. So I I got that from what John Mack said, that in order to understand this phenomenon, we need other ways of knowing. And the other ways are the shamanic right Yes. yeah what was well
5: and also the other ways of communicating yeah like how do we yeah. communicate with each other yeah. you know we're, really. we're used to at the moment in time it's this really strangely kind of literal universe you know with our um you know this sort of like being saturated with kind of news and this way yeah. of speaking i mean which is why i like reading the old poets like Yeats or something because then you're you're already in this uh, different Yeats
1: you know, you're important. here, but you're there. Hmm? Uh, Yates is very important, I think. Uh, yeah. And, and, yeah. And never equated in. Uh,
2: and he says it beyond the, he's using words to say something beyond the words, which is what the great ex- poets exactly, have.
5: Exactly. 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 Well,
2: all right. I think we're should kind of wrap up. Grant, Alan, one and, last
1: thing. Oh, sure. Uh, just really quick. I want to just mention uh, Robert Kirk. Robert Kirk okay. was the uh, fairy abductee way back, uh, the secret commonwealth. Oof. And Robert Kirk's portal was, and this relates to Mormonism, which I'm going to bring in. Robert Kirk's portal, which is what we all carry with Ooh. us all the time. He said, bend over and look between your own legs. And that's <laughs> the portal to fairyland. Now, I just yeah. want to say, yeah, when you talked about firmage and these people, we also have to factor in the Mormon angle, right? The transhumanistic Mormon angle. Firmage is a Mormon. I think Bigelow is a Mormon. A bunch of them are Mormons. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Mormon. What, what does that
2: have to do with it? What does the Mormon thing have to do with it?
1: Uh, transhumanism, a uh, 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 cosmology that's very extraterrestrial based. Okay. I mean, if you know Mormonism, it's all about, uh, it's not about this planet at all. It's about being some other planet. So Firmage okay. and these people are, uh, as, as Deepak Chopra is pushing Hinduism, Firmish and these other people are pushing the Mormon experiment.
2: Or maybe the extraterrestrials are manifesting that way. I mean, there's many interpretations. Right. Okay. I just want to say one more thing is that I have this book out. Do you see it on the screen? It's coming out May 4th. May the 4th be with you. I say uh, Grant Cameron's in there. Henrietta Weeks is in there. And Whitley Streber, Linda Moulton Howe. It's a kind of narrative where we go from the external reality of craft in the sky to the internal ex- esoteric. We go from the exoteric to the esoteric about what's really going on in consciousness. And one more thing, you can look at that on Amazon and we're doing a book release party. This is my poster for the book release. Um Travis Walton's going to be there. JJ her Mark Sims, Bridget Nielsen, Peter Sterling. This is on May 2nd. So if you can make it to Sedona, that's where Zinka and I are. And maybe some of you come to this free event. I'll sign books. There'll be other people there signing books. Travis Walton is probably the most well-known uh, contactee. He's the most confirmed, I think five days missing with search parties and everything. So, this will be a really fun event. I'll try to zoom in as well. Bridget Nelson is there speaking about a starseed. And I think it's really going to be a fun community event. So everybody's welcome. If you could come down, Grant, I know it's a bit of a ways, Sedona, but let's do a Zandra here. Okay, Grant? Yeah. yeah. And um, All but, right. So Alan, will to... you
5: do it? You'll do it virtually as well, right?
2: Yes, it'll be Zoom. So yeah. you can look at here on my uh youtube channel but let's just sign off with everyone david tell us a little bit about how people can find you
3: and what you're working on uh david metcalf.wordpress.com would probably mm-hmm. be the easiest uh porthole to all my stuff okay um what are you working well, on portal. <laughs> i'm it's always important. working on all sorts of stuff right now i'm doing a deep yeah. dive into uh the history of the the kind of star seed thing which i will be presenting um on Friday night for, uh, it's a Strange Realities, which is a conference run by Adam Sane and serfiel Stevenson. And they have yeah. these Friday night kind of uh, Zoom meetings, which are Is it online? Like, Can you no, tell us not... Yeah, it'll that... be, if, if folks go to, uh, I think Strange Realities, if you look up that conference series, mm-hmm. um, or conspira normal is the podcast that hosts it. Um, and we,
2: okay. And,
3: and if you if you become a, a Patreon member, they have these little Zoom meetings on once a month on Fridays, um, where they have presentations and stuff. So that Friday, this Friday, I'll be presenting on the Starseed narrative and the history of that, which actually kind of goes into some of the stuff we talked about tonight. Um, I want to sort of take it out of the um, folks laughing at it and look at a more yeah well uh, you know kind of decent animal angle on that and Mm. got a bunch of other stuff that uh i'm working on Mm. um working on a co-authored review of diana Pasulka's book american cosmic um, with greg bishop who um wrote project beta and Mm. uh he runs radio mysterioso which is a a podcast grant Mm. i'm sure you know greg Um, Yeah. yeah so uh and hussein uh, and, Ali and that- Agama, who's a University of Chicago professor. So it'll actually be right. a, an interesting kind of co-authored look at um, Diana's book, American Cosmic.
2: Great. Okay. Uh, Steve, what are you
3: up to? Thanks, David.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, actually, uh, Dave, it's funny. I just read the new Robert Anton Wilson from 2020, the Starseed book.
3: Yeah, the Starseed. Yeah, Starseed. It's a
1: great cosmos. book. That's a great book.
3: Yes, yeah. was old manuscript
2: yeah. that was republished by Robert Anton by, from Wilson. The 70s. Yeah. That
1: was a- and I'm just working uh, with, I'm, I'm actually getting very involved politically in Queens. I work with the Queens County Republican Patriot Party, and we're trying to get people into low-level seats so people can can take control of the government for themselves. So electoral districts mm-hmm. and assemblyman districts. And that's that's something I've been doing a lot lately, besides what I usually do, which is walk mm-hmm. the dog. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows?
2: Okay. And and, and and Zinka, what about you? I know you described your project, but what's happening Friday, you said? Yeah,
6: yeah. Um, I, I love that David's working on the star seed stuff. That's definitely another topic that Ooh. would be great to cover. It's fascinating. And congratulations on your new book. Uh, so yeah, we're interviewing um, Riz Virk on Friday. He's the author of The Simulation Hypothesis and his new book is called The Simulation Simulated Multiverse. Uh, and- um, Does I that have to do with sort
2: of with- what but does that have to do with what Grant was saying that it's all sort of a simulation of, I mean, is that what he, that means? The simulation well, universe.
6: Yeah. He's um, he's an MIT scientist and a game and, and also a game, a gamer entrepreneur. So he, his books talk about augmented reality, quantum physics, quantum computing, and talking about how we're sort of in this aha moment that it could be possible that we could create something like this. If we are in some sort of a, beautiful, amazing simulation. So those are some of his ideas and we'll be asking him questions and it it will be very fascinating.
2: How can we tune into that? How can we? Uh,
6: So um, I will share, you can share the link here um, Mm -hmm. into the YouTube. um, And yeah.
1: yeah. Zenka,
6: Zenka, I just have
1: to mention, I was an early virtual reality person. I was doing VR in 1990. So just uh, as a aside.
6: Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, they're saying by 2030, we're going to have a digital copy of the entire world already. And they you can already, yeah, and, and Neurables has already <laughs> created these neural links into your brain. So, um, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it is, it, it's, it's a very uncomfortable mm. topic, um, but it's something we need to consider
2: right but i think we have more in our brains and our consciousness than we've been told and we don't need those neural links we just have to discover we're all non-local when i do a remote viewing class people get the target without yeah. even any practice it's like boom they are non-local okay yeah. grant's getting yeah, tired so he's rubbing his eyes yeah, yeah. the
6: okay. biggest quantum computer in the world is right here in your heart you know exactly it's in our body. Yes, that goes exactly. back to what grant yeah, says not about yeah, the things yeah. things things it's about yeah. your you've got it the vehicle right here for sure for sure yeah
2: yeah okay henrietta what about you what are you up to
6: um well I've just, i just i've been
5: reading a lot about esp um mm-hmm. which was interesting that grant kept going to that and so i'm doing a lot of writing and you know mm-hmm. i'm we're writing some films together and um, and I'm writing some poetry. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of writing, and I'll and be maybe doing. Maybe you'll some come theater. to Sedona,
2: right? Maybe you'll be in Sedona.
5: Possibly. If I can get my passport, I will definitely okay. come. Yeah, it's out there in sort of <laughs> in another <Okay>. country.
2: <laughs> Thank you always for being here, Henrietta. Has a chapter in the book, which is uh kind of a nonlinear which is the only way to make sense of this phenomenon is nonlinear. So when you get the book, making contact, go through it and try to understand all of what's putting together in your own way. Now, there it is. I'm going to send you a hard copy, Roderick. I was just getting to you. My good friend, Roderick's doing incredible work on Clubhouse. Tell us about what you're doing, Roderick.
7: Well, we're, we're growing, uh, in 90 days, we, our clubhouse group is now up to 12,000 people. Um, and so we're that's, doing. that's
2: his particular club. Tell us about your particular club on clubhouse. My,
7: yeah. My particular club is called extraterrestrial evidence. And there we, uh, we just dive into this Phenomenal. I mean, we got people sharing their experiences, and which is probably one of the best places, you know, where they're feeling safe. They're coming Mm. and uh, talking about all the experiences, and it's just been amazing to hear the stories. But you know, because oftentimes I said we focus so much on what's going on in the sky, and we're missing what's happening on the ground, right? And so uh, we've basically been able to do that, and and it's been really instrumental. Tomorrow we'll have Barbara Lamb on. Uh, we're okay. going to be talking more detail about crop circles. So we're, we're going to go into the detail of that. And it's at eight thirty central time on Clubhouse. And uh, so and then, of course, we, we're going to do some live with Anjali. Uh, right. She's going to come forward on video. And do and- you
2: know who Anjali is, Grant? Have you heard that story?
7: No. The- oh. Uh, Yeah, she's on Reddit. She's the former defense intelligence officer that that actually read in the Secretary of Defense that's sharing her CE5 experience that she's actually went into the caves um, and visited extraterrestrials. So she's come forward uh, providing information, her experience. And now she says she actually has a message uh, from the the extraterrestrials to tell the world. So we're going to share it uh, this coming Sunday night, 830 live on YouTube, which is... Extraterrestrial evidence on YouTube. So we're looking for more subscribers. Subscribe to the channel, Steve. I know you can punch that channel too. You know, <laughs> you guys get on there. And yes, Alan is my friend, and we're going to yeah. be promoting his book on Clubhouse. We're going to do a, a bookathon for him. So we're going to yes, out and do that. So
2: maybe we'll can we get Grant if he's uh, if he wants to on the uh, Clubhouse one day. That would be open? up to Grant. I
7: would love to have him on there if he had time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we usually do it at eight 30 on Tuesdays and Thursdays Central Time, mm-hmm. and uh, if he got an hour of his time, yeah, we we yep. love and people really will love. Probably mm-hmm. to ask them questions live. Yeah, you're
2: going to shake a lot of people up, Grant, because when you say they're not aliens, it's like people we're just getting used to the aliens.
4: Right. I, would, I would say it's a little more complex than aliens. It's, right? There's right. something something else is going on. I mean, there may mm-hmm. be some alien component to it.
2: Okay. Well, I'm going to have you. I'm going to connect you with um, Roderick yep. there, and uh, it's always been a really fascinating discussion. I, I I always appreciate your your inside enthusiasm, energy, Grant, because you are the quarterback of this Super Bowl game here.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: yes, I today that I've I've got so much yeah. material I don't even know where to turn now. It's like
2: well, it, you're breaking new ground. That's why I wanted you on okay. the show. It's like who's who's going to say is much more complicated because people don't even, people don't even want to know there's aliens for the most part. They just want to sit in front of their television and maybe watch ancient aliens and say, isn't that nice, but they're not interested in meeting them and actually knowing that maybe we are the aliens as well. Right. So um, thanks so much for being, just tell us a little bit, anything that you want to share about what's coming up for you and your you know, um,
4: I'm doing I'm doing the Boulder group on Friday night. Um, I've done them four times. That's a pretty big uh, group. I'm going to do it online there.
2: What is um, that? The Boulder group? So XO,
4: XO Boulder group started by Paul Harris and uh, a bunch mm-hmm. of people. It's a pretty big group. Um, they usually meet at the University of Colorado, but now do it online. So I'm doing that. I got a book coming out on the Canadian government, uh, the early Canadian government. And I have a book on triangles, which is finished. I'm not sure whether I will publish it. What, what I'm basically working on, my two exciting things I'm working on, I mentioned this DMT thing. I'm doing a second book on, on psilocybin called the, the Super Bowl. And when I came up with the title, I had a voice come in my head and said, of course you're going to call it the Super Bowl. What the hell else would you call it? So I'm doing the, the book on that. On, uh, but I'm watching these DMT people that are um, just amazing stuff. And the other thing I'm working on is I'm I'm going to try to get really public is I got fascinated with this thing, with the kids with the blindfolds, which you may have seen. And that's
2: Carolyn Corey, who's doing
4: Corey's one of the ones that do it. There's, there's a couple of trainers in Canada. I got involved with this kid in, in Australia. I just want to say that's
2: kids seeing through their, their blindfolded and they're holding up a book and they're reading every single word in the book. Yeah, so Um, go ahead. And and,
4: and they can, they can
2: Mm -hmm. go ahead ahead, Grant.
4: And they can, they can pick up targets. They have like, they, they are, have intuitive targets. Uh, they can hear a mile away. And it's, it's the idea that uh, when you have a near-death experience, something is going on that is beyond the physical world. It's, again, this thing where if this is right, and these kids do see through blindfolds, uh, then the world is, is pretty ma- We've got a, something really wrong with the way we see how the reality works. So we're, I'm actually going to try to get a training session uh, with these trainers online where you can come on Zoom and learn how to do this. Uh, because it, it is fascinating stuff when you see this. And it basically shows us the world is way more strange than you think it is when you see yeah. this. Because it is actually happening. And uh, so I got fascinated with this. It's the idea of the anomaly. So that's basically uh, wow. what I'm sort of working on now.
2: Right, right. right. What were you saying, Steve? You were going to say something?
1: Uh, Grant, just because you seem like you're going into psychonaut territory. Yeah. uh I have a friend who uh, I've mentioned her before, and Bray. She interviewed John Lilly, Terrence McKenna. She's very familiar with this stuff since 1971. Mm. She has 3,000 hours of tapes and you need to speak to somebody
4: like that. She's uh, more I'll real. I'll put you in touch. Wait, yeah, I, I, that would be good. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I would like that because that, again, that's an, an aspect that if you understand what's going on, I think there's 40 um, universities in 40 organizations, universities, and uh, agencies in the United States working on, on psychedelic research right now, and there's 20 in Europe. This thing has absolutely exploded in terms of – they're using it mostly for treatment for depression and, and you know, smoking and all this kind of stuff and PTSD and stuff like that. But the, the other aspect of this breakthrough reality where people describe – Being in a mystical experience and all this kind of stuff that was talked about by william james i think is absolutely fascinating and i would agree with some people who say this is the one thing that actually could save the world this is it's moving at at an incredible rate you have no idea
2: Wait, Um, what is the one thing the kids reading through blindfolds is the one thing that could save the world
4: no no i'm this the the psychedelic thing the the whole uh, having
1: these universities and metaprogramming of the human computer Oh, okay.
4: Because you, you have New York University, John Hopkins, uh, UCLA, all these big universities are in this thing. And the, the bottom line is they're working on on treatment stuff for like depression and stuff. But the key is that it comes with this component of people being in this other world, talking about the oneness, talking about uh, love as the basis of the universe, mystical experiences. And that comes with all this research that they're doing in this treatment thing. There's a massive race to... Uh, mm. People to control the the the, um, the psilocybin market to, and stuff like that. The 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 interest and the amount of research is stunning. You would not believe how much research no. is being done on this but, kind of stuff.
2: But we also have D- DMT in us. I mean, we can access some of those states in dream time, and that's what I'm doing. I'm practicing lucid dreaming, and it's incredible. If you just watch your mind what comes through without you thinking it it's thinking you.
4: But again it's then it's your experience but this is people yeah. who are doing at, at laboratories and oh. the, the one I gave you today that I said this is an AI guy who builds platforms for for industry, for the government and in outer space And this is the guy yeah. that said thousands of lifetimes every aspect of everything that that happened in five minutes when you see that kind of stuff then you realize we are really got something here if you can figure out what's going on here then you realize our reality is totally messed up we haven't got we as i posted today on on facebook we have not got a clue what's going on when you start to see this kind of stuff we think we understand what's going on we don't
2: well thanks for telling us we don't have a clue because that's a clue To the fact that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) thanks, Grant, for your time. Thank you, everyone. Roderick, I'll see you Tuesdays and Thursdays. Zinka, I'll see you around the corner. And I hope to see you soon. David and Steve. I'm always talking to you, Steve. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Watch. We had a really good online chat on YouTube. So um, thanks, everyone. Keep tuning in. Every Wednesday night, we're doing the ET Roundtable. So you're welcome back anytime. Really appreciate your time. Bradley. Thank you, Alan,
5: for doing it, for putting oh, it together. I'm Seinfeld,
2: New reality. Yes. Get my more book. the one that's
5: bringing us together. Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> I'm just witnessing. But the book, I think, is a really good baseline for everything that's coming out now and will be coming out. It's about yeah. consciousness, about who we are, and it's about realizing there's more to the human experience than our media, our education, our politics, our religion, our parents have told yeah. us. There's a lot more. We cheap. knew that, Alan. <laughs> thank you. We, we are <laughs> needed. So get the book and we will go forward. Talk to you guys soon.
5: Thank, thank you, Grant, you. for everything that you said oh, tonight. Yes. Yeah, so thank interesting. You, yes. oh, Friday like,
2: night, I'm interviewing. Avenues. I'm sorry. I'm just saying Friday night, this channel, I'm interviewing um, Darryl Anka on uh, yes. something called Straight Talk. So that's on YouTube. So
5: yeah, thank yeah. you. Okay. Thanks for the psychedelic thing too, Grant. I'm with you on that.
4: Beautiful, beautiful. Thanks. That's this week's episode of the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Cameron, hoping that you will join me for upcoming episodes. Links to my YouTube interviews, books, and my Facebook sites are in the show notes. If you love the podcast or learn something valuable, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on today's episode. If you would like a certain paranormal subject dealt with in the future, please let us know until next time, watch this
6: space and thank you so much for listening.